This is episode 144 for Tuesday, July 31st, 2018, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week, we feature beers from South Dakota. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Jeremy, and together with Chris, Travis, Powers, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode. Check out our photo gallery and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. Okay, so I'm here with uh, an awesome cast of characters. To my left, we have Travis. How have you been, Travis? What have you done in beer lately? Let's see. This week, I did brew a beer, and I brewed it for the Frattos, actually, because they're going to have a baby coming up in just a few months. So uh, they're going to be hosting their baby shower at my house in a few weeks. And uh, my wife requested that I brew a beer specifically for that. So I made a peach wheat. Oh, that sounds good. Yes, it does not have a name yet. I was about to ask. We we went through some ideas, but it's got to be a good one. <laughs> any, mm. any that you want to share? I just thought of another one. Oh, yeah? yeah well, it's kind of lame, but because it's a girl that they're having. Yes. call it Princess Peach. There's a video game reference. Aww. Nothing to do with Cleveland, though. Yeah, I was about to say... Because we're trying to come up with something that has to do with... Oh, I see what you did there! (laughs) With Cleveland, because that's the girl's name. Yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know. This is the Cleveland show. We had a couple of ideas when we were drinking. Yeah, there's a lot of ways I can go on that. (laughs) But haven't settled in anything just yet. Cool. But that's all we did? That's it? That's all you did? All right. Just one thing with beer. Uh, And then to his left, we have Chris... Chris, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I'm very well. Awesome. That is awesome. It's awesome. That <laughs> I'm interested to hear awesome. about your rhizomes in a minute. Oh, just okay. Just give us an update on that. Yeah, but, uh, sure. This week, not really anything super interesting in beer other than uh, I went to New Maine. Met Travis up there. We had a couple of their, their drinks. I haven't had anything from them since um, they did a... Basically, they were serving their beer out of a... Uh, out of, just out of the jockey kegs box, and, yeah, yeah, jockey box huh. at out of was it? It wasn't Bentley's. Was it Bentley's, yeah, J.R. Yeah. Bentley's, J.R. Bentley's in Arlington. Yeah, that was that was that had to have been over two years ago. Before wow. they had a location, yeah. they didn't have they had nothing but beer and an idea, essentially. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and how uh, far they've come? Yeah, so we've been we've been following their progress uh, for quite a while. So it was interesting to uh, finally get to their brewery and check it out. It's a very interesting place. The The vibe is completely different than anything you've been to before, I think. Not in a bad way. It's just different. Really? Yeah, I'd agree. 
So it's cool. It's a cool spot. Yeah. Is it like modern? Is it like uh, no? It's like retro meets concrete. Okay. <laughs> if that makes sense. Almost steampunk. Then I don't know. It's like an industrial no. metal band. Yeah, I, I would play I, there. Well, it's because you know it's concrete maybe. floors and everything. There's like this really huge area, but it's kind of L shaped. Okay. And then there's this kind of awkward room built into the middle of it. Um, but they have a lot of shows there, so it's pretty cool. Okay. To, I, yeah, I'd be interested to see what they do when they have you know a live band or, or yeah. there was a guy playing guitar over in the corner, but mm, mm. Um, you know they had a little TV set up couch and stuff in the corner with an n64 hooked up to it so we played some mario kart but you know it's it's an interesting place definitely worth visiting and and the beer's pretty good too so i think it was a former gym that's why there's so many mirrors all over the walls that makes sense yeah okay either way the thing that really cracked me up was when you walk up because they opened up as a tap room first right Um, and so you walk up and and there's like uh, etched spray paint kind of thing on the door that says new main uh, tap tap house or tap room something like that and then written underneath it in sharpie is and brewery <laughs> i'm like that's that's really like you know professional looking but it's kind of funny yeah um but i had a good laugh at it but anyway it, it yeah it's a cool place definitely check it out if you haven't been yeah nice yeah and uh to chris's left we've got powers hello how are you, Powers? I'm great. It's been a while. It's been a minute uh, between the wedding coming up in three months and right. the uh, new promotion that happened about a month ago. I have not had a lot of time to myself. Um, so right now I'm still sitting on that uh, on that ESB that's in the fermenter still. I have to find time to go up to McKinney and bottle that. Mm. Um, I'm trying to figure out a time to, to brew. Probably going to be sometime like early next weekend or something. And then... I have my summer ale, uh, which, gosh, oh, I, it's it's going to be called summer drink promo, uh, even though Quickstrip doesn't have a summer drink promo this week this year, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good actually, um, even though it's like a six point seven percent beer, it's not warm at all. It's kind of light, kind of refreshing. The paradise seeds definitely help out the fla- flavor profile on it a lot. It's that Stubby's kit, the summer ale. So, um, what I've pretty much gone through a couple six packs of that already and it's been you know, been treating me pretty well after those long days of quick trip so cool i'll have to bring it by sometime yeah i would love it you know you need to do like an ipa series where it's the same recipe but different strengths and you could do like the session ipa is the regular unleaded yes and the regular <laughs> ipa is the is the premium and then the the double ipa is the supreme yes that's uh that, that's a series that's kind of that, that i've been actually kind of thinking about and i've actually nice. been thinking about what kind of Series, I'd want to do with that. What kind of style I'd like to do with that? But yeah, I, I've I've definitely been thinking about that, like all sorts of little, you know. Because I'm not sure if I've actually announced the name change yet. But since I got promoted and my name tag is now black, I've I've changed the the name of the home brewery from uh, Red Polo Brewing to Black Tag Brewing. Hey, yes, and I have ideas for. Even a logo and things, just something to print on bobble bottle bobble caps. Bobble bobble caps. Bobble caps. Yes, I'm just gonna <laughs> sit, stick stick with it because I've seen the Cavalier Ale Works yeah. bottle caps and those are pretty spiffy. I'd like to see if I could get myself hooked up with some of that. So uh, that's cool. I like I love the name. Yeah, that's got a nice ring to it. Black yeah. Tag Brewery. I like it. I like it. Anna Anna likes red polo for some reason, but I just feel like black tag. You could kind of go different ways with that. So, right. Yeah. 
Anyway, we've got another person here that you need to introduce. That's true. Uh, <laughs> he's a special guest today. Um, coming all the way from South Dakota. Sakar, how are you? Yo! I think it exits my like tongue area and goes into my esophagus. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Drop. I'm doing well. Doing well. Yeah? Yeah? Anything in beer lately? Oh, I went to New Maine uh, a couple of days ago for the first time ever. Had a few other beers. Not too bad. Pretty good. Cool. What'd you try? Uh, oh, man. So I had the Hef. Ah, yeah. I got their Hef and their... I think I went with the IPA as well. Mm. Not a big fan of the IPA, but you know, as most people know, I'm just not a fan of IPAs. I think you've said before, you haven't met a hop you like yet. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. Just about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, filtered very well, I thought. Uh, pretty clean, so... I'd have them again. I'd probably get the IPA again. Awesome. Well, that's nice to hear because I helped brew that. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a bear trap. I'm just now, right? Yeah. If you don't, I mean, to each their own. Honestly, like that's why beer is so awesome. There's so many different styles, and you can definitely have your own favorite. I personally, I love IPAs, and and that's that's kind of my niche. It's funny because I was at the uh, I was at the Flying Saucer in Garland for our manager meeting this past week. And I'm sitting at the bar, and the bartender, like everybody else, kind of is just like, eh, "I'll get this or whatever." And the bartender comes to me, and I'm like, "All right, what, what what do you have?" And he's like, "Well, what do you like?" And I'm like, "I don't think you understand. I need to see this on a list." And he's just like, "Well, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you like. What do you like? IPAs? Do you like Hefeweizens?" I'm like, "All of the above, sir." <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, "Oh, okay. Well, here's our menu." Yeah, and he yeah. let me sit there with it for five minutes, and then I made my decision. And then they were out of my decision. Ah, classic <laughs> flying saucer, right? Gotcha. <laughs> exactly. So you know, that's funny. Uh, Jeremy, what have you done in beer this week, man? Because um, I know <clears throat> samples interested. Talking about them rhizomes. So those rhizomes are growing. Uh, they're pretty big. They're looking like a little bush now. And so I basically bush. Not the, not the TV show. Um, way when back I was talking when. to my dad about bush, oh, okay. yeah, it looks like a little uh, bush of, of leaves. And um, <laughs> and now at this point, there's there's like um, some of some of the vines have gotten to almost a foot long, so I can start to train them to kind of move up a dowel rod or um, you know build a trellis or something like that. So in the future, they have a place to live and they're not just going to be hanging over um, the side of the the pot so uh i'm excited they look good uh it's been super hot in texas lately so they're getting some brown leaves on there other than that it's um they look pretty healthy uh for the most part i'm excited um but that's that's my rhizome update um you weren't here last week powers uh but i was telling uh travis and chris that i started a project where i am fermenting my own hard cider i saw the pictures in the text group so yeah oh that's right yeah i did i did (laughs) i did throw those in there um and that's really cool i did that um i did two two uh batches one gallon batches basically um it it was super simple i went to whole foods and got their just strictly organic organic (laughs) strictly organic Strictly organic apple juice. I want to know how quickly Jeremy's going to catch up to Sawyer and like mispronunciation. <laughs> Pretty quick. I don't know how to speak very well. Um, I got their apple juice, and they have it in these nice glass jugs, gallon jugs. You just buy that, 
put the yeast in it and then let it go to town. It was, I mean, one of the simplest processes. I mean, I did other things. I did, you know, I got a hydrometer, got the reading from that. I got the refractometer and I got a reading from that. Oh, so, yeah. so that was cool. Um, so the first batch was just regular cider yeast that I got from uh, Stubby's. And that, um, and that read uh, before, you know, everything it was going to be uh, 1050. So at the end, it should be around five. I mean, if the yeast goes crazy, maybe five and a half to six percent alcohol. Yeah, depends um, on how much of that you're able to get out. How long are you going to keep it in there? Uh, probably two weeks at the most. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then two weeks. Two weeks at the least usually would be what you want to ferment. I mean, yeah, that's what I meant. Right. Two weeks at the at the least. And then I went uh, and I got some champagne yeast as well and just wanted to see what that would do. Um, that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I added honey to make it a higher higher sugar content. So that was 1075. Um, and that's going to hopefully after it ferments come out to maybe seven and a half to eight percent alcohol cool yeah that sounds like fun yeah and uh my brother turns 21 in exactly basically two weeks so um i plan on giving him one of the bottles and i'm gonna make a label for it it's gonna have like his baby picture on it and yes <laughs> so i'm guessing these are gonna be still ciders like you're yeah not they're not gonna be them. yeah they're gonna be still i'm not okay. gonna try to ferment uh or i'm carbonated bottle condition um it's just gonna be still for now uh, cool i think as a first that's gonna be nice where i sit but it's a safe first step yeah yeah and then other carbonated beverages for the future mm-hmm. cool man glad to hear that you're actually getting into the the brewing and fermenting business. Yeah, I, it's awesome. I'm having a good time, so I'm excited to see what's to come. When you see those first bubbles in the airlock, that's a great feeling. I know. Oh, I know. man. It I already didn't happened. screwed up, yes. It already happened. Like, in the first two days, it was just already... The champagne yeast is just sizzling in there, so it's cool. Sweet. So, Jeremy, what do we say to our listeners? <laughs> Hi. So, I just want to say thank you to our listeners, and thanks for tuning in today. Um remember to subscribe on all of our platforms we've got google play itunes and stitcher and like us on facebook and we've got a snapchat going so we're going to be getting um some footage and instagram powers i think you're in charge of that so um yeah just just go just go like us okay i mean we do a good thing just do it just nike i mean i don't want to get in trouble with the you know, they're not an official sponsor. Yeah, it could be Shia LaBeouf. He does it too. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf, the official sponsor of Bruce Styles. Bruce Styles brought to you by Viagra. Mm. There we go. Thank yep. you, Anna. Yep. Cool. Well, as he mentioned, uh, we do have a special guest, and along with that special guest came some special beers. Yes, beers. Beers, beers, beers. beers. Oh, that's all weird. Beer. <laughs> oh. Do they do they have accents in South Dakota? No. Okay. It's not like South Dakota. Not yeah, Minnesota. No. Minnesota. There, there are a few who kind of have more of that uh, Minnesotan accent, right? Like, but uh, for the most part, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you cool. were kind of getting close to Canada at that point. Canada, a, a little bit. Yeah. I don't about, know what you're talking about. About, about yeah, the about eight hours away, I guess. So. Hey, do you have Tim Hortons up there? No. 
I think I don't think only... it's I don't think it's made it to America just yet. Has I th- it? I think it has. It's, it's in Ohio. House. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, they are Ohio. Oh, well, they're owned by they're owned by Burger King. So they are. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, Burger cool. King bought them out a few years ago. I feel like that's a bad change. I don't know. <laughs> There's politics, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so what do we have first, Sir Carr? What do you want to bring to the table? Oh man. Well, I was, why don't he tell us a little bit about the brewery first? Oh, there we go. Why he chose this one, and just you know, I don't know whatever. So we have a we have a few we have quite a few breweries over in the Rapid City area, the Black Hills area. Hmm. Um, my favorite is definitely Lost Cabin. Um, it is it's one of more of those just like a tap room for the most part, totally chill type of place. Um, they've got. I'd have to look up exactly how many beers they have on tap, but a very wide variety of beers Mm. um, from Saison's to Scottish L's and so on and so forth, all in between stouts. Um, And uh, it's kind of... (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, it's got a really laid back feel on the inside as well. Very pet friendly. um, Cool. And do trivia and all that good stuff. Yeah. Lost Cabin has won quite a few awards and national, local and national awards as well. So, I think we're in for a treat. I, I I'm really ecstatic to to share these uh, this venture with y'all. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks we're excited too. Yeah, because they don't distribute down to Texas, so this is uh, going to be a treat today. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if they actually distribute. Uh, maybe the Dakota Common is, is distributed, but uh, I'm not real sure. I'd have to double check on that. But either way it goes, we're getting beers directly from tap. So um, nice. just, just a couple of days old or a few days old. So got them. We uh, got a, got them um, in the Crowlers on mm. Monday. So mm. fairly fresh. All right. Yeah. I can dig it. Cool. Let's open it up. All right. One of the really cool things about the Black Hills is they really do try to support the local farmers and stuff like that. Um, so this particular beer is actually used with local hops. Um, so we'll just kind of kind of go from there. Um, this is another one of their award-winning beers. I think this is a nationally recognized one as well. So um, I think we're we're in for a treat. Ready to crack it open? Yes. I thought we did that already. Oh! We dropped everything. Oh, yep. Mm, cheers. Whoa! That one was nice. Yes, it's actually a crowler, so. Okay. And for our first beer, we actually have the Dakota Common, which is actually a California Common. Um, it's uh, 5.5 ABV. Uh, although the can does say 5.6, so we may have a little bit more there. It's sitting at about uh, 37 IBUs. Um, this beer was actually brewed with local hops um, as well, if I'm not mistaken. One of the real cool things about uh, South Dakota and the Black Hills area is we try to support our local farmers as much as possible. So some of those uh Farmers who are doing the uh, local hops, um, I do know quite a few of the breweries do pull those local hops as well. So I guess they uh, try to make different styles of hops as well, you know. Mm. So, um, well, cool. First taste is with your eyes. Quite clear. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, a dark amber, almost a copper color. It's got them tiny bubbles. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll probably see a little bit lower carbonation since it's coming from a crowler mm. on all these today, but that's all right. It's really dirty, earthy yeah. aroma. I'm getting a little bit of a distinct graininess on the aroma, too. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a sweetness. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly getting kind of that... Yeah, I guess dirty, hot character would be what I would describe it as. Yeah, real earthy. Um, and there's like a slight... And Travis said sweetness. I was almost thinking like a really, really light fruit note on the back end of the aroma. Yeah, I smell like peaches or something like that. Copious I, amounts of passion fruit. I always hesitate. I always hesitate to say, you know green apple or any kind of apple unless you're drinking a cider but it's like really faint way on the back end but I don't pick it up in the flavor so hmm. yeah, are the we flavor. at the tasting part yet? Are we just <laughs> it is it's a lot more bitter than I expected of course it's been a long time since I had a California common those are usually pretty simplistic right travis you, you're kind of the common king <laughs> hey you, you've actually brewed some well I, well, well, I, I resemble that remark <laughs> uh i was actually going to pull up the guidelines and just read the overall impression so we remember 19b california common in the new guidelines overall impression a lightly fruity beer with firm grainy maltiness interesting toasty and caramel flavors and showcasing rustic Traditional American hop characteristics. How rustic are these beers? I mean, do they like to party or they just like to <laughs> rust? Hang on. I was gonna say, they like to well, the establishment is pretty rustic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like a whole bunch well, of... Well, it's called Lost Cabin, too, so... This beer is a good color of rust, I'd say. <laughs> and you remember the history in this one? I would one, say it's, the beer looks kind of like rust. The Anchor Brewing started this style with their steam beer, where they fermented with a lager yeast, but they didn't have refrigerators, so it was... Uh, fairly warmer so this was considered to be a hybrid style for a long time but it should be just pretty straightforward yeah like a a good session pub ale you're not going to get bowled over by one thing or another the bitterness is pretty strong though like on the like on the back end like as it sits on your palate mm. yeah i mean i wouldn't say it's overly dry it's fairly dry but i'm i'm still getting some hop-driven astringency. Hmm. It's not over the top, but it's more than I would have expected to pick up out of a California Common. Maybe slightly. The first thing I'm picking up is more of the malt character. Because mm-hmm. yeah. thinking about the toasty notes and caramel, that's what I'm looking for, and that's what I came out with uh, after reading the guidelines. That's that's the first thing I get. There is a little bit of uh, hop bitterness, but not a hop flavor. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe the earthiness that you're talking about, the American rustic. Because it's very, you know, it's, it's, I wouldn't say overly sweet, but there's a, a malty sweetness there. Um, yeah. I was going to say, say it's medium, medium bodied. Yeah. It's not overly light. Maybe medium light body. I don't want to go that far with it, but um, carbonation level, I think it's fine. We're not getting a whole lot of head, but um, I can still feel the carbonation. What were you going to say, Jeremy? Uh, I was going to say that, um, man, like, if you take the bitterness away from this beer, it's like I'm eating like a peach marmalade toast, and it is just awesome. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, 
Real Lady Marmalade. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I don't think it's that bitter, but I, I see the astringency that you're talking about. But the, like, if I look past that, like the the malt character is super like, it. I get those toasty bready notes, and and that, like, with the the sweetness, the fruit, the fruitiness, and I I taste peaches, and that's like, you know, I, I like peaches. That's your fruit. I, I guess, <laughs> but I, I like peaches. I like lighter fruits than darker fruits. But um, yeah, it tastes like piece of piece of marmalade toast. It's awesome, peach marmalade toast. To me, what do you think, Sakar? <laughs> uh, I I feel like I'm a little biased. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but I I so I'm kind of getting. I kind of get those toasted notes as well. Um, I, I think you really did hit the nail on the head, Jeremy, with maybe more of like a uh, a toast with a like with a marmalade on it, mm. uh, some type um, done in more of like a thin layer of the jelly or jam, yeah, per se, versus like because um, it's not over, it's not overly there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You just kind of pick up hints of it, which. Um, I think it's a really good compliment to what all is going on because as Chris was kind of saying, uh, the bitterness is a little noticeable. Mm. Um, but I, th- I think that is just to kind of give it a little more of a bite because, uh, once you get past, um, get past that, like the, the, the malt, uh, the sweetness kind of comes out, it becomes more smooth. I think it helps with the smoothness. Um, so For it sure. doesn't, so it's it's more distinctly more of a I guess closer to the California common versus uh, maybe falling into a different style. So maybe that's why the bitterness was a little more present. Hmm. Um, but uh, I I actually enjoy it. So yeah, this is super. I really do. Super nice to drink. It's uh, very clean. Um, yeah pretty refreshing to me it's clean um and when i say clean uh, you do pick up more the earthy tones of course um from the hops and because it was designed for that um but it's not murky by any means um you know it actually tastes filtered um but is it rustic it is rustic to me um and i think it's it's rustic because of um, the earthy tones that you pick up, mm-hmm. um, dirty, if you want to say it like that as well, dirty, earthy tones, um, like organic, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't necessarily go with like, a a, uh, pit fruit, but, mm. um, you definitely pick up some of the, I guess, more mm. fresh, refreshing fruit fl- notes. Yeah. More I drink on this, the more I like it. Yeah. As a common. What are you hmm. thinking, Powers? This would be a good beer to go into the woods with. You know? Into the woods? And, 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 and maybe it's just because, uh, you know, they're called Lost Cabin. You know, maybe like a oh. fall. All right. Maybe like a fall hunting trip or something. You know, this would be a good one to bring along or, some, or whatnot. Um, it's, it's not anything super complex. It's fairly straightforward. Um it's it's definitely got its positive characteristics, but it's not meant to be anything that, you know, takes you and bends you over and hits you with anything super crazy. Uh, 
which I can appreciate. You know, I really do like this. It's, uh, you know, I pretty much, I, I'm pretty much, if I keep talking, I'm going to start echoing the statements that everybody else has already said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was designed yeah. just to be like a, a, a sit down, chill, drink a beer type of beer. Yeah. And I think this meets it, you know, yeah. as Sawyer says, well, I could drink this all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I think it was really designed for you to be able to, you know, try to drink it all day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially like it's 109 degrees outside. This is super refreshing for that this kind of day. It's it's a definitely like a hot hot summer day kind of drink. It's a little, to me, it's a little too bitter for my tastes. Yeah, for the, for the style. I, you know, I, if I if I'm gonna get that bitterness, I expect a little bit of hop flavor. And I mean, yeah, I know there are floral and earthy and dirty hops and stuff, but I'm not really picking that up. It's it's. The flavor is just kind of, it's there. Nothing really shines as far as sweetness or maltiness or hot flavor or anything. It's just bitter, dirty water. I mean, I know that sounds kind of harsh, but it's it's fine. I I don't dislike it. Not something that I would, you know, take a six-pack into the woods of. (laughs) But that's just me. Yeah. Grandmother's house. My palatability writing. <laughs> yeah. So, with that, Chris, what's your palatability? Because of the bitterness, I would say five. This is a solid eight for me. I think I could pound this pretty easily. Powers? He has to experiment first. <laughs> Definitely on Travis's end of the scale here. That's that's an eight. Yeah. I was already thinking eight before we started talking about it. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, I think I'm right there with the eight, too. Yeah. I guess I'm just... When you, pound it, when you pound it, you get less of that bitterness. Like, when I was sipping on it, mm-hmm. I was kind of tended more towards your end in the six. But when I actually took, like, a nice, solid, you know, Big quarter pound. glass pound... <laughs> Took a it. nice big solid pound of it. Yeah, when I took a nice big solid pound of it, I was like, you know what? Like that, that bitterness doesn't actually hit me nearly as much. And so yeah, I'd I'd say, I'd I'd probably put it more at a seven point five, but you know, seven point five to eight, easy. I mean, when when you think about hopped, like hoppy beers, the flavor of the hops dies off fairly quickly, but the bitterness lingers. Right. So even though this is fresh from the keg, I wonder how long it's been since it was brewed. That hmm. might play a role in that, too. I have no idea. That's fair. I don't know. So I'm not well, pulling the astringency as much as you are. Yeah. I probably wouldn't dock him too much on it. on the back of my tongue. Yeah. And it's just still, I haven't, I've been out of beer for a good three or four minutes, and I can still feel it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just overly sensitive to that today. Tannic. I don't know how it goes well, far as tannic, but... <laughs> It's always on tap, so. Yeah. yeah. Right? You must be doing something right with it. Or well, I was just going to point out, just come visit and see for yourself. That two-day car ride up to South Dakota. Yes. <laughs> I typically do it in one day. Dang, yeah. you speeding? <laughs> it's about 17 hours, so. Mm. Yeah. That's a long drive. I'd rather fly, personally. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Sawyer. All right. Well, so... 
Do we want to do B C J P? Well, <laughs> one of my Anna. favorite Anna drops. <laughs> <laughs> she still yeah. wants to say B J. Uh, say pay. Uh, yeah. B J C P. There you go. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm actually going to be pretty high on this one. Uh, I really did like the the malt character that we're pulling from it, the toasty notes, the breadiness. Uh, we did get a little bit of fruity character, which is acceptable from the the yeast phenols uh, and esters, which you get whenever you have the lager yeast that's fermented at higher temperatures. Uh, I I can see where Chris is going with the astringency, but it's not as bothersome to me, so I wouldn't dock him as much on this one. This would probably be a thirty-seven in the California Common style. For so. Me. Yeah, to stay within five points of you, I'd be at 32. Wow. Just because the um, I didn't pick up nearly as much fruit as y'all did. I mean, if you remember when we were talking about it, I said it's very faint, really, on the back end. Mm-hmm. For me, it was just a bitterness sitting on the tongue, and it lingered. Mm-hmm. I, the, the fruit was very faint. So, I mean, it like I said, it wasn't a bad beer. It's just, I don't know if it was just the way that I'm I'm tasting things today, but... It, it didn't quite line up for me, so I'd still I'd stay within the five points of you, but I'd I'd probably be down thirty two, thirty three. This is a weird beer. <laughs> a weird pair. A weird pair. I think only one of us thinks it's weird, though. Weird. That's fair. That's I why mean, you said it. <laughs> yeah, I just you know I don't know why I because I've had it wasn't the last time Shakar was here, but maybe two or three times ago he brought a couple of lost cabin beers, and I think both of them we have today, and they're both fantastic. I just for some reason, not a fan of this one. Huh. So, anyway. Well, yeah. uh, this wow. one. I think that beer was awesome. Uh, what do we got up next? All right. Uh, next on the list, we're going to go into a dry hopped Saison. It's called the Champagne of Beer! <laughs> Thanks, Well, Paris. Yes, indeed. If it's a French one, then maybe. Saison. Huh. Very French. Probably French or Belgian. Very, very uh, this French. This particular one is... It is called the Liar's Chair. And it is sitting at... 32 IBV with a 5.7 ABV. 28 IBV? Wait, what? Oh, my ABV? God. ABV? <laughs> Say that again. 32 IBV at seven, uh, 5.7 ABV. All right, so... You mean IBUs? Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. IBUs. <laughs> like, I don't know what... My bad. That's, International that's, yeah, bittering... Yeah. Volume, variety. volume. Yeah, I don't no, know. that's my bad. International bittering units. IBUs. <laughs> that would be Russian. This is a French beer. IBUs, my bad. Oh, we saw good. And that's per 16 ounces. Okay. No, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this one is a Saison, which the overall impression, oh, category 25B, overall impression, most commonly a pale, refreshing, highly attenuated, moderately bitter, moderate strength Belgian ale with a very dry finish, typically highly carbonated, and using non-barley cereal grains and optional spices for complexity, as complements the expressive yeast character that is fruity, spicy, and not overly phenolic. Less common variations include both lower alcohol and higher alcohol products, as well as darker versions with additional malt character. So this one, I always think about the hallmark of it is the uh, 
the yeast character. Yeah. Even though you don't have yes. to get that, but those are the the sti- the those are the saisons that I like. <laughs> you heard nothing. I heard everything. <laughs> All right, so this one's a, a nice pale gold yellow color, slightly hazy, as a saison should be. Very slight. Yes. It's yellow. Yeah. Got the slow moving bubbles going on. It is indeed yellow. <laughs> I do get a little bit of uh, you know white. Bubbles, yeah. white head on the yeah. top, tiny ones that persists. I mean, yeah. it's very tiny, but it it does persist. Yeah, and that was what I was concerned about. Coming from Crowlers, we'd lose some carbonation, but it's still there. Yeah, which they sound is usually pretty highly carbonated anyway. But anybody pulling lemongrass off of that aroma, or something like that? Did you read my untapped check-in? No, already? actually. I didn't. <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> in the break, Chris said the word sweaty, and I think that might have been inceptioned into my mind because oh. the first thing I got when I smelled it was the comment sweaty. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sweaty, lemongrass, I, maybe a hint of black pepper. Yeah, I see that. Um, yes. I'd agree with the black pepper. This Peppercorn. This is fantastic. <laughs> Just like, like a I, dash of pepper. Though. In the like, case of this that. beer, we determined that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I mean, you know, Saison's, I always, every time I go to a brewery, they have a Saison, I get it, because I'm a huge fan of Saison's, mm-hmm. and for me, like, it needs to be a little sweaty, it needs to have some lemongrass character, and a little bit of black pepper, like my Saison, the last one I brewed, I added black pepper to it, because I wanted that in there, but that is a, a yeast character that you can get from Saison, is black pepper, which is strange when you're thinking about a, a beer, but, um, no, I think this this is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, this one's strong. I actually inhaled a little bit of hop there. <laughs> <laughs> this one's strong in the black pepper for me. Like, not a. It's not bad. It's yeah, very. It's I mean, nice. I get. I get the sweaty up front, and then the lemongrass, and then the the black pepper kind of supports all of that. I feel like the black pepper and the lemongrass together create that like sweaty illusion. In my opinion, I don't like after having smelled it for a little while. It's not really sweaty to me anymore. Like, there's other beers where I'm like, that's Jim Walker floor. Like, <laughs> this, to me, just, it, it 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 smells very, very, like, just, er- like, artisan. It, 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 I don't know how to explain. Artisan sweat. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm not, I'm not certain what I'm supposed to pull by sweaty. Yeah, I was about to ask, whenever you say sweaty, are you referring to, like, more like, uh, musty? Or, yeah, I mean, like, I, can you describe sweaty for me? Like yes, some gamer like funk spice in in kitchen ingredients, please. Um, it it could be salty, uh, maybe a little tangy. Not like, I mean, it could be tart, but not quite tart. It's definitely not sour. Um, could be, could have a a tang to it. Um, some people would say like, bo. Mm. There's a there's a hop that's you know, sweat and body odor. I wouldn't go as far as bo, but it's, so it's like on the level of of things. You know, you have sour on the deep end, and then you have uh, tart, and then it's, you have something with a slight twang to it, dude. Right. So then you've got bo, and then you've got sweaty, which is like the lighter version of it. This People gonna, always sorry. No, no, no. You're, People you're also good. No, say. You're good. Saisons can have a, an essence of horse blanket about it, which I'm not picking up a, a whole lot with this one. There's but. not too much funky note. I mean, yeah, 
Well, on the flavor, maybe a bit. I'm going to stick with the uh. food analogies that I have. <laughs> and this tastes like a fantastic Reuben <laughs> in a beer. I, I guess I'm not really picking up uh, the sweaty, but maybe I'm not you know, trained to pick that up either. Um, I actually kind of get more of a... I, I pick up like the lemongrass, but it, it almost smells a little fruity. Um, mm-hmm. It smells um, a little refreshing as well. I definitely pick up the black pepper. Yeah. Um, it's very prevalent. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I don't really get the sweaty part. And I would agree with that, Sakara. I don't. I, I mean, maybe it's just not something that's communicating well verbally. Yeah. That. You know, I might be smelling as well, but I just don't quite understand that I'm smelling it. Um, I definitely understand the lemongrass. I understand the hint, the hint of pepper, even as well. Um, I just don't quite understand sweaty. I guess I kind of pick up uh, like a sweetness to it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So almost like a maybe a lemonade. I wouldn't go as far as lemonade, but characteristics because uh, it definitely has that like kind of grassiness that yeah. i'd say huh i can see why you'd say lemonade it's got that like lemongrass but uh, like past that it could be like lemon rindy lemon <coughs> zest probably lemon. some zest yeah yeah or just you know the juiciness of a lemon Woo! minus the sour i mean it is a little like it's tart definitely not sour but you know that essence the juiciness of it that's of all lemon. from the smell Woo! yeah <laughs> Oh, are we not at the tasting part yet? Oh, we've been. I'm, I'm <laughs> I was about done. to say. I'm halfway through my glass. <laughs> I've been That's tasting why I a said lot. it tasted like a Reuben. I'm almost I done mean, with mine. <laughs> I mean, I, you're liking it. This, yeah, I think this is a, a fantastic example of of a saison. It has it hits all the check boxes for me. Now, when you know, everybody looks for different things when they when they drink a saison. I want it to be sweaty. I want the lemongrass and I want the black pepper. Yes. Some people don't like the black pepper. Some people don't like the sweat. Lemongrass is kind of a thing that has to be in a saison, but at least in my opinion. All right. So according to Untapped, this is uh, obviously it's a saison, but they said it was dry hopped with a version of hops called Callista. And from what I can find online, that it's a German variety uh, usually low alpha acid, but they're describing it as uh, aroma variety with apricot, blackberry, raspberry, passion fruit, peach, grapefruit, and gooseberry notes. So apparently this is a fairly hoppy aromatic, or excuse me, fairly fruity aromatic hop. Okay. Which that's probably where the sweetness actually comes yeah, from. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. yeah. That's where the sweetness comes from. Well, I mean, I get, I get some fruit notes, but it's like... In the middle. Like, when I taste it, I get the, you know, the, the Saison character and then kind of a little bit of fruit in the middle, and then it goes back to the Saison character at the finish. But I don't know that I'd be able to pick out any of those specific fruits. Yeah, having a dry hop is going to affect the aroma more than the flavor. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely very present in the aroma, just how... Uh, I mean, we're, we're, I think we're getting so many things that are converging in the aroma that it's turning into just kind of a mess of, of sweat, air yeah, quotations. That's kinda, yeah, that's what I was alluding okay. to earlier. But yeah, when you taste it, it's a little more uh, less complex that you do have some of the Saison notes, a little bit of a like a citrus character to it, but not like orange, but more like a lemon. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not tart. 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. But uh, would you say tangy? <laughs> it's vibrant. There you go. I'll say that. I like that. <laughs> That's a good way to say that. It's amazing. Because tangy, easy. It's just you know when you taste it, when you smell it, there's a lot to think about. I think when you taste it and when you're just going at it, it's just you don't think about it, and it's. You know, I'm, I'm just going to say this is going to be an easily poundable beer, and I wish we got this down here in Texas because it would probably be my favorite Saison in Texas. Yeah. Sitting outside at 109. Yeah. This is the beer grab. For yep. Sure. So what's your rating on the poundability? Poundability. My, my, uh, my poundabang. Poundabang. So my bangability of this. I'll give this an easy 9.5. Not going to 10, huh? There's... The citrus, the tanginess on the citrus note doesn't quite let me go to 10. Mm. It's it's literally just a half a point, but it's it's what I got to do. And I know you're about to go to 10. Well, I was going to compensate for you and say this beer goes to 11. (laughs) This beer goes to to 11. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. I, I would put this up. Sorry. I would put this up against commercial examples. Nice. I would. Yeah, for me, um, I don't. I don't think I'll go that high. I'm gonna say probably about <laughs> an eight and a half. And the reason why is because uh, <clears throat> as as I'm, you know, pounding it, um, it may be kind of like the bitterness, but I do pick up more black pepper flavoring mm. uh, the more I drink it, which would again kind of like hinder my pounding. I think uh, because the black pepper does become more prevalent to me. Right. So I'd, I'd probably go with more of like a eight and a half. Um, I think this was designed to be more of like a another session beer, just kind of sitting down, just hanging out type of beer. Um, you could pretty easily work out on those uh, South Dakota farms. Yeah, with one of just, these, just hopping your tractor and go. You yep. Know, just have <laughs> yeah. So well, for me, I mean, I if I'm going to relate this to how easy I could pound the last beer. Um, I'd say this is a seven for me, which to me is still high. And I like this. This tastes really good, but I could pound the last beer a lot, a lot easier than this one. Um, I didn't feel like the astringency in the last beer really got in the way for me. And I just think the complexity of the flavors in this is just kind of, it kind of gives me pause and, and I need to, you know, I, I couldn't pound this cause I'd need to spend time with it. That's fair. I think it'll be a little higher for me since I gave the last one an eight. This will be a nine. Um, uh, but for BJCP, I don't know where I stand. Ooh. Because reading the guidelines, it doesn't say anything about dry hopping is acceptable. Um, all the hop character says from low to moderate. Right. And I don't know if this well, and, fits and, the style. And here's here's... But see, I'm not picking up that stuff. Had they not even said dry hopped, I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, I, I'm kind it of wouldn't the even same have entered my spot. mind. So, judging it as it is, not knowing anything about it because you never do. I mean, they could have said dry hopped on the form whenever they enter it, but I, you know, I, this would be. At first, I was going to say, you know, like forty three. Wow. Um, but if they did write dry hopped on it, then I would have to take some points off for that because I'm not picking up that hop character. 
Oh, see, I'd be backwards. If they didn't write dry hop, I'd be lower because I think it's too hoppy for the style. If they did write dry hop, then I know that that's to be expected, and I would be a few points higher. Hmm. This is, out of the two we've had today, this is my favorite tasting beer, for sure. But as far as entering in the BGCP with the style of Saison... Ah, but it's got so many complex flavors too, and it's yeah. it's nice. See, I'm not I'm not picking up the all the fruit notes that they're claimed to have with that. Was it Calypso? Uh, Calista. Calista. I'm not picking up any of those fruits. What's a gooseberry? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that, like a snozberry. <laughs> no, I'm not. Like I said, I'm not. I'm not picking up any Freaking of those. Out, man. I'm getting the lemongrass, sweat, uh, black pepper, yeast characters that you would expect, a little bit of, you know, tang to go with it. I, I don't pick up any any fruity hop character. You could talk me up on my rating. I'd be a high 30. So if you were like 37, 38, and I was like 42, 43, then it would match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is solid. No, with... Dry hopping, is it possible to just use it just to, like, complement or to add, not necessarily add flavor, but add slight flavor, accents, add slight accents, I guess? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Sure. Yeah, depending on the hop variety and how long you uh, age it for. It can be any any kind of range of flavors and, and intensity. The reason why I ask is uh, during the smelling portion, I did kind of pick up some fruit notes. But not strong mm-hmm. at all. But I was just kind of curious from a more of a judging standpoint. That would probably um, that would probably be where you would pick up the dry hopping is mostly in the aroma. Just the aroma, yeah. Yeah. So at least as far as I understand it. So then, from a judging standpoint, do you kind of dock people for not picking up picking it up in the taste if it's dry hopped as well? Depends on what they write on their entry form, because anything that's anything that you claim on your entry form needs to be noticeable and complement the beer like if i if i enter um mango ipa you better get that mango if you don't then why would you enter it as a mango ipa but would you but what if you get it in the taste but you don't get it in the smell or vice versa it doesn't matter as long as you pick it up at some point okay that's fair yeah, dry hopping is mainly for aromatic purposes because okay. it's like a, as the beer is fermenting or after it's done fermenting, you just drop them in where it's room temperature. So you're not boiling them. You're not isomerizing any alpha acids. So you don't get any more bitterness from it. It's all just kind of some very late addition, which is, you know, in the boiling process, you add the bittering hops earlier in the boil, kind of the flavor hops in the middle, the aromatic uh, towards the end. So this is like negative boiling time. Yeah. So it's way late. You drop them in and you're just kind of, it's like you're making a cold brew coffee. So you get a lot of the aromatics, but none of the bitterness that you get when you do the hot water. You're just extracting some of the, uh, some of the aromas, but not so much flavor. Cool. That being said, I like this beer a lot. This beer is really good. I would easily buy this again. I mean, just thinking back to our recent Saison episode, this would have been, uh, competitive for best beer of the episode right there with that DuPont. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. That DuPont, though, was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing us the car. Yeah, this oh, was yeah, really good. Definitely. We got a couple more, don't we? Yeah, we do. What do we got? More? Well, let's get fruity. 
Yeah. All right. So now we have a passion fruit pellel. Um, this is going to be a APA. Um, this one is called the Juicy Bruce. The Juicy Bruce um, is listed as a fruit, fruity, hoppy juice. <laughs> okay. Um, it's got an ABV of 60 with, I'm sorry, an ABV of 5.6 with an IBU of 60. ABB? ABB. Um, so the Bruce Banner uh, is an APA. Um, and the Juicy Bruce is the APA with uh, passion fruit. So, what is it brewed with, Chris? Copious amounts of passion fruit. Oh, fruit! Wow, wow, that's nice oh, wow. to know. Oh wow! I had a two-inch head. Ooh, well, that- I guess that's something for you to work out. But uh, as far as this beer, I have. Uh, it's like slightly hazy, almost clear, but a little bit of haze in it. Fairly yellow in appearance, with a white foamy head. Yeah. And it smells something right. Yeah, you could smell this as soon as you open the crowler, and it's sitting on the table. Oh yeah, and you, you can already pick it up. It is very heavily fruited. If this is what passion fruit is, then there's a lot of it. Like. Yeah, yeah this smells super fruity. Super passion fruity. <laughs> yeah, stick your nose in their power. <laughs> oh, okay. You get it's, a lot of that. Uh, it's heavy. It's a heavy aroma. I'll say that. It's, it's definitely nothing subtle going on here. Yeah. Um, they don't play around up in South Dakota. South Dakota. South side? I'm not getting the the sweaty note in the aroma. It's very fruity. I mean, I, I don't know that I could tell you the last time I ate or smelled a passion fruit, but I don't know if there's maybe a, a, a sweaty aroma to that or, or maybe like the rind of it, the pith, mm. maybe is a little more bitter, like with most just fruits and, and citrus and whatever, but I just, it, it does smell super fruity. It's it's a very yeah. bright aroma. It's To me, yes, it almost yeah. smells like an air freshener. <laughs> yeah, it is very yeah. ripe with scents. Ripe. <laughs> I can I can see tropical. Yeah, I think I'd agree Get with the power. You, you know what? I think it's there. It's there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the flavor is very juicy. But it it dies off into grainy at the back end. Yeah, super bright fruit at the beginning. That's like all I think about is just tropical fruit juice. But then it does kind of morph into something different. Mm-hmm. I, personally, I don't feel it goes grainy. I think yeah, I, I think, think it where it goes it is more of pithy. Yeah, it goes yeah, kind of I can see that. to a rindy kind of flavor. Yeah, it, it does get... I, I don't want to say bitter, because that's, you know, a, a, a certain, you know, um, mouthfeel and, and flavor, but it does get pithy towards the end which i'm fine with i mean it's a pale ale it should have a little bitterness to it um but no i'm, I'm not picking up the grainy thing either i kind of get earthy a little bit mm-hmm. so maybe that maybe that's a meat in the middle type of statement right hmm 
You know, if you did the same beer, but you also added some of the Callista hops where it's rustic, then you could name it the Rhinestone Cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Wow. Um, It's okay. I'll I'll be here for a while. (laughs) Is that like the Hulk wearing a cowboy hat? You got like the rind from the fruit and then the rusticness of the cowboy. It's the rind. You've been watching Westworld? Stone Cowboy. I'm starting to get a grapefruity bit to it, too. Maybe that's the passion fruit, and I'm just, you know, <laughs> thinking about it too much. Hmm. But the last little swig I got, I started thinking grapefruit. I can see the grapefruit, but yeah. I also haven't actually had a passion fruit, like just eating that's, a passion fruit, yeah, so I'm not really what sure. I'm thinking it, too. If you've had a passion fruit, this is exactly what it tastes like. It's almost like <clears throat> passion fruit juice and hops. That's kind of what this tastes like to me. Because I'm not getting a lot of the malt character. And maybe it's just for the right. body of it. Um, and and it's probably there. It's just overpowered by the the like the fruit. Yeah. I when I first had this, my initial thought was if this was hazy, this could be a New England APA. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how juicy it is. Yeah, it is quite yeah. juicy. Now, you know, the the it doesn't necessarily have the pillowy texture that you would expect from a New England IPA. Um, and it's obviously not as bitter as, as an IPA would be no. or as hop forward. But I think, you know, this could be a, a you know, a, a bastardization of the, the New England IPA style as a, a New England APA mm. because of how juicy and, and, you know, delicious it is. <laughs> it is delicious. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Uh, it, it is. I really feel like it could, it could go up against those kind of beers, and I wish it was a little hazier, just because. I'm I'm interested in knowing what that Bruce Banner beer tastes like, because I'd like to know what the passion fruit did to it, because it's so passion fruity. I don't even know if I can identify what a base beer would be out of this. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. And we were just thinking about that uh, over here with Sakar. He he mentioned. Uh, he was asking if I had described what an IPA or an APA should taste like, and we haven't read up on that on on the on the uh, podcast yet. But as far as this beer being entered in in a homebrew competition, you couldn't just put it in the American Pale Ale category because the fruit just completely overpowers anything. Yeah. So you'd have to because it, it's a good beer. Mm-hmm. I like it, but the trick is finding out what style it would best fit in. Right. Yeah. Definitely claim the passion fruit for sure because it's there as a fruit beer, and then it would have to have a harmonious marriage with the base beer style, which they're claiming American Pale Ale. I'm having trouble uh, finding. Yeah, that. I mean, it, it, it's kind of a stretch. I could, you know, if because a harmonious marriage, maybe not so much, but there's enough bitterness level there to kind of get the idea of a pale ale. Yeah, I can see that. So, I, you know, with, with as much as the passion fruit is kind of overpowering everything, if they entered it as a fruit beer with uh, pale ale being the, the base style, I would I would rate it pretty well, I think. Do you get any kind of malt character out of this in the aroma, the flavor? No. But in, in pale ales and IPAs, I mean, there's a, a malt balance, but that's not the showcase. 
Sure. The the pale ale should be balanced between the malt and the hops. Yeah. IPA is more hop forward. Um, I would almost want to enter this as a an IPA base style with the the passion fruit. See, I don't added. think there'd be enough. Not enough bitterness. Enough hop. Hop character, I, bitterness, yeah, but uh, the hop character, yeah, yeah. just both. You there's can not have enough. Fruity hops. Well, I know, but I, there still should be some hop character other than fruit. I mean, it's. I would say it would be extremely difficult to get this flavor out of hops alone. What about a fruit beer with the base styles IPA? So not entering in the in the IPA category, but entering a fruit beer. But still, I'm not picking up enough hop character to to have it be an IPA. I mean, if you, I know that that pale ales kind of are, are supposed to be more balanced between malt and and hops, but that's usually not the case. Like, case in point, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale on the list as a commercial example, hopped like crazy. That's well, yeah. not a balanced beer, Things but that's a commercial example. So, I as as far as the malt character goes, I'm not I'm not missing it. I think this is a great example of a, of a fruit beer with pale ale as a base. Huh. All right. So what exactly is an, an American pale ale? What, what classifies it as an American pale ale? Yeast strain, American yeast, American ale yeast, American ingredients, you know. Pops. So domestic. Yeah. Category 18B, American Pale Ale. Overall impression, a pale, refreshing, and hoppy ale, yet with sufficient supporting malt to make the beer balanced and drinkable. The clean hop presence can reflect classic or modern American or New World hop varieties with a wide range of characteristics. An average-strength, hop-forward, pale American craft beer generally balanced to be more accessible than modern American IPAs. So it does mention hop being the the showcase but relatively balanced more approachable yes you're looking at the the new world hops so yep. anywhere from piney to citrus to dank to sweaty to fruity yeah any of those is acceptable this could be inception but i i kind of pick up the i don't really pick up the the hop flavor the hop profile until like it's more of like i've swallowed yeah uh, i can see that um like when it's just sitting, like as you're breathing after you drank it, like a, a few seconds later, that's when I actually pick up more. Uh, I would say more hops than anything else. The um, the passion fruit is it's everywhere. It is yeah. a superstar. Thank but, you. Um, in this beer, I'd, I'd almost say it's a diva in this beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's stealing the show. It's and it don't let it go, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, well, when you're saying fruity hops, maybe they're using that kind of fruity hops or uh, the, the, the sweatiness that I initially picked up before I started picking up the passion fruit stuff. Could It could be those kind of like earthy, sweaty, uh, fruity hops that they're using, and that's kind of, that the passion fruit is just kind of masking that, so possible could be i really but do like the, not I, I like the description of a new england american pale ale it totally fits hmm. as you know 
yeah, not the appearance. A, it feels a little hazier and, and maybe more that pillowy mouthfeel than it would be a, a shoe-in mm. for creating a new style. Wow. <laughs> yeah. One thing that's kind of cool about this, I think, is it's like if you take like a, a grapefruit beer mm. and then you scree- squeeze more grapefruit juice into it. Mm. That's when it really becomes like almost overwhelming. This beer has it right from the tap. <laughs> yeah, do you think they did that? have to add juice. Uh, I, it, it's possible maybe it, it's possible maybe um whenever they did the kegging mm. maybe they maybe they did it that way um maybe they just added juice just yeah just added juice or or maybe just even threw in i don't know would you would you throw in um passion fruit in in the keg as well i mean i don't, I don't know I mean, if you that's would. hard to do at the commercial level yeah i think they but, started with juice and then added beer this is, this is yeah, more fruit than this beer. Is, wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it's if you're looking for something like grapefruity, grapefruit taste, uh, so it's a bit refreshing, in my opinion. Um, another one of those beers where I'd probably like to have maybe one or maybe two, um, you know, when it's 100 degrees outside, um, just when I'm sitting down, relaxing, or trying to recover uh, from working or something like that. Um, to me, I don't know if I would have very many of them, but that's because my, my palate just isn't that sophisticated per se. Um, but it's definitely something that you would want to grab if you're going for more of like a grapefruit or that type of fruity type of beer taste. Um, for sure. I think if you're trying to get a person, slowly get a person into drinking more IPAs and they really like fruit beers, then this would be an excellent example of how to transition possibly mm. um, because the the passion fruit I don't really want to say it's overwhelming um, but I think it does mask a lot of the other characteristics of uh, like hot profiles and stuff like that that other people may not necessarily enjoy all that much mm. so um, the passion fruit I think hides a lot of things in here so it probably would be good to check out just the Bruce Banner um, and see how you like that and then compare that to the Juicy Bruce if you're out there in the Black Hills area and, and you want to give it a shot. Because, um, yeah, I, I think as as the guys are saying right now, it, it really is. Uh, the passion fruit does kind of mask and, and covers a lot in this beer. Um as most people from this podcast very well know, I'm not a huge hop person, but I do I do like this beer. Like I do. Um, now I wouldn't have very many of them at all. Yeah, but I I probably maybe have two max, if that. But it's just too intense to have multiple ones in in one yeah. session. But I I do find it a bit refreshing though. Yeah. So. So what's your bangability? Poundability. Thank you, Sawyer. Like I think. A, I, sorry, go ahead. Like a four and a half. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and the reason why <clears throat> I went so low with this one is because I do think that the the passion fruit um, keeps you from wanting to just chug it straight up. Mm. Um, it's got very similar characteristics of a grapefruit. So, <laughs> um, I guess some people can, you know, eat them straight up and all that good stuff, but characteristics, um, you get some of the tartness, I think, um, 
it's almost like a sweet tart, uh, in mm. my opinion. And I think that hinders just uh, pounding a beer. But, mm. you know, just sitting down again, you know, a, another example of just sitting down, relaxing in a chair outside, maybe or inside, you know, probably outside, though. <laughs> mm. I mean, grapefruits are very acidic and they have a very strong bite to them. I don't think this one is that intense, um, but I get what you're saying with the sweetness of it. Like, Travis, what was that beer that we tried out that was way too sweet? We were out in the heat working, and we both were like, this is disgusting. Oh, it's from Carbach. Yeah, it's, uh, something wave. Summer summer waves or something like that. Yeah, it was like, it was really sweet. And <laughs> I think it had passion fruit also, actually. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And it, had we been sitting inside... And we were comfortable, and we tried it. We might have had a different experience with it. But being out in the heat and drinking that, it just sat in my stomach like really heavy, and it was not a pleasurable experience. I have a feeling that this one might be similar, maybe to the, not to that extent. Um, however, I think this would be a perfect shower beer. <laughs> ah, yeah. That's a good drop. <clears throat> This would be a perfect shower beer. You know, you're inside. You've been out in the heat all day. Maybe who knows? Taking a nice cold shower. This would be fantastic. Right along with that to help you cool down and and refresh and and whatever. So I, this one is kind of situational for me, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say eight. I gotta go five. There's just too <laughs> much going on in this to pound it. It's tasty it's flavorful it's vibrant it's exciting it's impressionable but it's also probably not easy for me to pound because of all those things happening so for me this reminds me of when i when i was younger and i'd have like juice in the morning for breakfast and uh, sometimes i'd finish my juice before i even ate anything because it was so tasty to me and (sighs) this to me reminds me of that and i could totally pound the crap out of this but I probably wouldn't have many more after that. It's just like a one and done meal kind of thing. And um, mm-hmm. but yeah, this would probably be like an eight or a nine for me. Whoa! It's that it's that delicious. It's yeah, it's super it's really easy to drink. Juicy. It's tasty. It's, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I'm I'm probably at about just a a six on this. It, there, there's nothing but the passion fruit. And it's just so overpowering, so crazy, and whatnot. It's just you know, it's it, it's not like it's it's not like it's preventing me from like drinking it easy, even though it is. So it is that it's preventing me from drinking it easy, but it's just you know, it, normally without the passion fruit, this would probably be about a nine beer, but it's a six just because it's so strong on that fruit character. Hmm. Have you guys heard about these four new styles in the BJCP? No. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Oh, oh. did you? We did talk about it. <laughs> okay, cool. Fortnite? What? What? PUBG, dude. PUBG, dude. No, Burton Ale, New England IPA, Katarina Sour, and New Zealand Pilsner. Yeah, we talked about it. Okay, oh, cool. I forgot about the the Katarina. Yeah. yeah. I was just making sure that you guys had talked about it and <laughs> yeah. addressed it. Freaking Katarina wine mixer. Well, they haven't. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> well, I wasn't here last week. Yeah. But this anyway. is outtakes. <laughs> well, I mean, they have to. Style. There's a whole process to yeah. adding and and changing it's, it's not official yet they're Sorry. just talking about potential for you. But, new guidelines but yeah so new england ipa is now well not yet has at least a style document yeah it's provisional yeah they're they're still working on it but yes 
But anyway. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So what's next, huh? All right. Now we've got the So Dank IPA. So Dank. This is, the description is hazy, hoppy, juicy. Actually, I lied. Hoppy, dank, citrus. Citrus. Hoppy, dank, citrus. The IBV, IBU, the IBU yes. is 68. Uh, the ABV is 6.8. 28 IBV? Oh, my IBV? God. IBU? <laughs> Anything else on that? Uh, no. So it, it's pretty much supposed to be a a dank, citrusy IPA, Indian pill. Okay, so you retracted that statement that it's supposed to be hazy, right? I did. Okay, yeah, because like when you look at this beer, you know it's got a uh, it's like a dark yellow, light orange kind of color. Hoppy, dank, it's not hazy. citrus. It's not hazy. That's why I was asking. Yeah. My burps nope, are all passion fault. fruit. <laughs> Gosh, after the last beer, yeah, I can try to get sure. past it. Yeah, it's it's not hazy. Uh, it's not perfectly clear, but maybe semi-hazy. Similar in color to the last one. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a yeah. yellowish gold, white foamy head. You know, the aroma is kind of along the same lines as the Bruce Banner. But uh, I was thinking that too. Just a little, much less. Of, yeah, exactly. It's excluding the passion fruit character. I can I can see what you're talking about, though. It's it's much more subtle. I think it's you know it, what it's called. So dank. I would expect something hitting me in the flipping nose hairs if I were some, calling something so what? dank. <laughs> it's hitting nose, me in the nose hairs. Hit, His nose hairs are flipping. Hit, Come on, hitting me him. in the flipping nose hairs. Okay, that's wow, what I want. That's a new one I've never <laughs> heard before. <laughs> yeah. I got to take my glasses off to get deeper in here. All right. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, I mean, if you think back to the, um, uh, dang it, we just talked about it. The the super dank IPA that we had. The Hemperer. Hemperer. New yeah. Belgium. Yeah. So that was dank. Well, that one like, strangled your y- nose hairs. Wow. I got you off um, track. Anyway, so yeah. We're you getting just, old. You open that up and it smelled like a pot farm in here. Like it was just, you could smell it from across the room just by opening the bottle. That's wow. what I expect from So Dank. And this one is moderately yep. dank it's yeah it's light on the nose but dank, i don't, I don't think you could call a beer oh moderately dank <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing the moderately the mar- dank IPA. the marketing on that one i don't think would only slightly only slightly slightly dank slightly dank ipa so like it's not it's no longer so dank it's um sort of dank sort of dank is that what that is that what that stands for? The SO? Sort of. It could be. Sort of. Dang. Well, no. Uh, the So it, it's actually spelled capital S, lowercase O, capital D. I see what they're doing. It's a South Dakota thing. Low, lowercase A, lowercase N, lowercase K. Maybe a little dank. So I think it's more of like South Dakota. Yeah. So uh, a play on South Dakota. SD. Yeah. Because you have SO and then DA. So. Cool. Now the the bitterness levels there, yeah, it's, for it's, sure. You know, it's yeah, it's dry. It has a dry finish. They should have called it South Dakota. 
<laughs> that one. <laughs> okay. It's not bad. It's not nearly as dank as I thought it would be. No, but it does have a dank character yeah. to the aroma. Yeah, you can definitely is. tell that it has it the, you know, whatever, mosaic. or Which, you know, makes me wonder. The same thing I said about the uh, Dakota Common was I wonder how long it had been sitting around. Right. If this was super fresh and they had just kegged it, then maybe the dankness was more prevalent. Mm. Yeah. If it's been sitting in the keg for a month or two and then in the crowler for, what, four or five days. Mm. I mean, not that that last four or five days is that big of a deal, but in the grand scheme of things, if it if it is older, then obviously the hop character is going to drop a little bit. Mm. So I don't know. I, it's It's hard to tell. On bottled beers you get from Total Wine or wherever, you can try to find the bottled-on date, and sometimes that'll give you an idea. But with right. with beers from kegs, it's harder to tell. Right. Yeah, and after I taste it, it does come across as a little bit of an older IPA because you don't have the, the same kind of vibrancy that we saw in the Passion Fruit beer, the APA that we just had. Right. This one, uh, it does have some, some hop character in the aroma, but then when you taste it, it's just a little more flat. Yeah, not carbonation-wise, but just flavor-wise. Yeah, the flavor is not as complex or exciting. It is hoppy. It is yeah. bitter. Um, you know, it's got... it. I smelled that hoppiness when we cracked it open. And then, you know, putting my nose in it further, I thought I would get more. But it just kind of dissipated. So, like you were saying, it could be just that it's an old keg. Um, but I mean, well, at the same time, this is what they're serving. So, yeah. So, I mean, I mean if I'm going to break down the flavor profile of this, it's just like the, I get the, the bitterness, I get the hoppiness and there's definitely like grapefruit in there. There's grapefruit or some sort of like orange peel on it. Um, but it's, it's mild. It's not like. It's not heavy in that. Like, if you're looking at the last beer where it was just like super passion fruit, um, this if, is just like yeah. a hint. If anything, I'd say this one's a lot more pithy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you're the second person in the room that said grapefruit that on a beer that I just I don't pick it up on. But when I when I think grapefruit, I think of that really acidic tart character that you get from an actual grapefruit. I still don't pick that up on this one either. I don't get. I can't tell here. you that you're wrong. I'm just, you know, I just when when people say grapefruit, I look for something specific, and I haven't found it yet. Okay. I mean, I, <sighs> I think the, the flavor profile, I, I think, is spot on. The what <laughs> profile? Can, if you think about the bitterness of like a grapefruit or orange peel, that's what I'm getting at the back end of this, and that's kind of why I mentioned that. And like, if you were to just sit and chew on like a grapefruit rind. You'd get that, yeah. It's real pithy. Yeah, real that bitter. pithy. Yeah, that the flavor. actual meat of the grapefruit is not. Yeah, it's not in this. So that's what I guess. Okay, that no, it's not the Judas. The Judas. The Judas. <laughs> Judas. The Judas. It's not the juicy. Kiss. It's not the juiciness of the grapefruit. It's definitely at the at most, at the least. I don't know the peel. You know. Okay. Yeah, or just like, or the, like a zest or something. The zest or like the inner like pieces, like you know, you're, you got this <laughs> like. <laughs> mm. 
Connect. I don't dislike it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of dank things, but I I don't know because like okay, what was the um, Mr. Wiggles from yeah. R? Yeah, that one's dank. I think it's supposed to, like isn't it like double dank? Yes, a double dank IPA. Yeah. Double dank. Mr. I was Wiggles. not a fan of that. That one made me throw up. Now there were some other contributing what? factors to that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, <laughs> I had like eight beers before this one. Yes, uh, but that one put me over the edge. <laughs> I mean, I had been drinking most of that day. Was that the day that I had the brew day with Nigel? I think it was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I drank a lot that day, but that one just didn't sit in my stomach well. It just it was gross. You start off the podcast like this. You're welcome. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Like, oh, okay. No, no. Um, but that one kind of threw me over the top. It was really dank and just nasty. Mm. Nah, some people are into that. That's fine. Uh, I'm not really picking up that much dankness out of this one. To me, I kind of am. Um, I wouldn't say maybe that much dankness, but um, <clears throat> on the front end of the experience, I do get a little more of kind of like a musty taste to me. It's almost like a dirty musty taste as well, or earthy maybe a little bit better term um and not my favorite i'm just every time like the last time i took a sip of this all i could think of was just empty and astringent that's all i'm really getting out of this dang i you know i just i don't like this one and I wish I could say more as to, like, maybe it's just not as fresh as it needs to be, like we've been talking about. Maybe the hop character is just kind of melted away from it at this point. But, like, I don't get really anything but just a bitterness and astringency that doesn't make it pleasant to drink to me. I like that you said empty. Yeah. Because especially compared to the one that we just had, yeah. the Passion Fruit APA, which had so much flavor and vibrancy in it, and it's very, like, complex. There's a lot to it. And then this one is just really straightforward. You get some hot flavor, some bitterness, some fruit, mm. but it, it doesn't nearly bowl me over like I was expecting. Right. So if we had swapped them, do you think your experience would have been different? Perhaps, because I would have gone into this one knowing it's an IPA and then looking for hops and, and, and uh, some fruity character, and I got that out of this one. But then when we had the APA, I think I would have been more negative on it because it was, it would have been way too much flavor and intensity because we're supposed to go from high to low as far as IPA to APA. So I don't know. Because I find it interesting um, <clears throat> if you're – think back <laughs> to um, when Matt was here from Rabbit Hole and – he had an. So what's your poundability? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he had an extremely malty beer and an extremely hoppy beer. Oh, that's right. And he said, if you drink this one before you drink this one, this character comes out. If you drink this one before this, you know, you know. And so we tried it, and it was like night and day stark difference. If you wow. drink a really hoppy beer and then you have this super malty beer, the malt is like rich and and creamy and, mm. and it was it mm. just because ever since. Yeah, because you know the the flavors that are in your mouth they linger. You know your taste buds just kind of they they have a memory. Yeah, right. which is why you eat something and then your 
you know, you can think about your childhood, you know, like Jeremy talked about earlier, your taste buds <laughs> yeah. do have a memory and they link to your brain. So that being said, what beer you have first affects your perception on the next one, which hmm. is why when you sit down to judge a flight um, for, let's just say, you know, Master Brewer at Cap and Hair, best to show you have a huge range of beers that you're tasting. You want to make sure you taste them in the order to have the least effect between them like you're not going to start out with your your chili pepper or habanero beer and then drink a blonde next <laughs> you know because yeah. you're going to wreck your palate and so not saying that these beers have wrecked our palates but it does affect the way you taste things and the order that you drink them yeah so i think this might have been a pretty solid you know Nah. relatively dank IPA, maybe. But the fact that we had that passion fruit beer right before this one where we had all these flavors, and I wouldn't necessarily say complex, but it was vibrant, like Travis said. <laughs> so it might have changed our perception had we had them in a different order. I, mm-hmm. I think we probably did it the right way. I don't think I would want to go the other way, like you were saying. Um, but, yeah. for, but for what I'm tasting, I think it's just okay. Uh, you know, sit down at the bar, at the at the brewery. Yeah, I'd order one. Yeah, maybe just one, but I'd still order one. You know, um, I I had a few beers on my trip to Ohio, and one of the beers that I had, I was like really disappointed because it was an IPA, and it was like one of the most flatline IPAs, just stock. Like, we just made this because we needed to fill out our menu kind of beers and i was just like man this sucks this is disappointing but this one i feel like it's like they tried they tried a little harder than that okay you know know? and so i I really feel if like we were to give um a poundability on this one just for just i mean the bitterness is there, but it's not super dank to where I couldn't drink it all day. This is probably around a five or a six. So what's your poundability rating on this one, huh? <laughs> Speaking of Matt. Yep. Yeah. Um, like, it's not it's not hard to drink. It's yeah, just, I, it, you I know. I mean, I'd be right there with you like around a five. Yeah, I think. I'm going to be down at a four on this one. It's refreshing, but it's you know it's it's, it's would, lacking character. Well, I wouldn't go to go as far as say refreshing. It's, Not in my opinion. I'd say um, it's probably lacking complexity. I'd say that's <laughs> true, but that I don't know. I just am not a huge fan of this one. Yeah, <laughs> being able to compare this directly to the passion fruit, I think this is a little more poundable than that one. Really? So I'm going to go with a six on this one because I gave the last one a five. I already forget what I gave the passion fruit one. Did I give uh, that one a six? Oh. You said like I think no. I can give that one a six. Yeah. Uh-huh. If I if, if I'm going back to the passion fruit one, it's a six. Back up the table. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean I, I think this one's just a lot more astringent and you know it's I, tough. I w- like Sir Carr was saying, I'd be really interested to taste the Bruce Banner. And and get the the difference between that without one. the fruit, yeah. 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 Between the fruit, the pale, the ale. regular Bruce Bruce Banner, and then their IPA, the Sodank IPA, just the to kind of get Banner. 
the 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 comparison of the three of them and see how it's changed because like Jeremy was saying he went to a brewery where they felt like they just had to fill out their lineup so here's Joe Schmo IPA yeah you know so I would I would be interested to see you know maybe the Bruce Banner is not an IPA but it is their plain APA and then how that stepped up to Big Brother do they have another IPA or is it just this one I don't even know. Because maybe they felt like, okay, we have a regular IPA. Now let's try like a, a, a kitschy IPA. So here's a really dank one. You know, because yeah. a lot of people, their their kitschy IPA now is the New England because that's the newest craze and everybody has to have one. Mm. Uh, but a while ago it was how dank can you make your IPA? You know, that's a thing in Colorado for obvious reasons also. but <laughs> So this is their IPA. Then they also have a black IPA. Ooh. So this, so this is which even I think we've had one. that one. I think that's one that you brought with you. The buzzards roost. Yeah, I think you brought that one with you before. So that they one call was it actually the, really good. They call it the roost banner. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> During Halloween, they can make it and call it the boost banner. Boom. Okay. And then yeah. they can add some uh, pine needles and call it the spruce banner. <laughs> Boo. And on Armistice Day, they can make one called the Truce Banner. Boo! How long have you so, been sitting on all of those, Travis? <laughs> I just came up with it off the top yeah, of my head. Bull. That's I, bull. You know, so, I said uh, boo, but it, I, I applaud you. That was, that was really clever. <laughs> I think. I think for me, I'd probably go with like a two. Uh, a Truce Banner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, first off, I'm just not an IPA guy, mm. uh, just right off the bat. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think, like Power said, I am getting some astringency, astringency, um, as well. Um, like now that I've 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 pounded I pounded the beer, and my mouth feels warm. <laughs> and that could be heat. Don't get me wrong. Um, that could be heat, but there's also like a six point eight percent. I wouldn't say like a um, a film or anything like that, but kind of like a. Oh man, I don't know if I can describe it. Almost like a gummy taste in my mouth now. My my taste buds feel like there's something on them. Like those weird. I'm a gummy bear. Gummy bear. Like those weird dollar store gummies where you get that film on the yeah, inside of your mouth. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that, you know. And I I don't know, I know if what that's you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know if that's maybe because this is a pretty good workout. My taste buds are getting right now um, <laughs> from the different styles of beer that we've had. So maybe there's some fatigue going on. Um, my tongue is kind of in shock. I think a little bit. Um, and it didn't really happen until I had the IPA. Now, again, that may be because I'm just not much of an IPA fan, personally. Um, but I do still have hints of, uh, earthiness or dirty. It actually tastes more dirty to me than earthy. Um, like lingering what kind around. Of dirty? Um, man, it sounds bad, but almost like, like I took, a piece of fruit directly out of the ground and just started eating it. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of get more of that. Um, and that could be a combination of just using whatever hops they use. The, the, uh, dank hops, maybe it was a cascade. Uh, hmm. maybe it was a mosaic. 
um, you know, and, and giving it more of the dank tone, but then giving it more of the earthy tones as well, you know, so on and so forth. So um, it's possible that the, all those combinations of everything kind of give it the sensation that I'm still having lingering in my mouth. Maybe I need a palate cleanse. Um, but I, it, to me, this isn't a very poundable beer. I wouldn't be able to pound it all that well. Uh, mm. The carbonation mm. is a little bit higher, which plays a part into that. The taste um, makes it hard for me to pound it too. Mm. Um, mm. I don't have as good of an experience drinking this particular one as I do others um, for all the factors that I just listed off. So, and that all those factors would indicate or would uh, also play a part into how quickly I would be able to finish it. Got it. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I pretty well agree with a lot of that, actually. Yeah, that's why I don't like it as much. I, and yeah. you, you could be right. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's just been um, they were towards the bottom of the, the keg, you know. Yeah. Maybe it was just a, a little bit older. Or maybe that's just how it's designed to be. Mm. Um, so I'd probably give it a pretty safe BJCP rating of like 34 somewhere middle road yeah i'd be right there with you it's got some good things going on 35 but yeah it's it's not uh probably not going to win any awards when compared with other things too yeah all right well as we round out this glass i have to ask what is next <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. uh this one oh <laughs> <laughs> all right so this may actually be my favorite beer. Well, this is a beer. Okay. It is a beer. Um, <laughs> I really enjoy this one. This one is called the Lord Grizzly. It's a Scotch Ale. It's sitting at uh, ABV of 8.2, a IBU of 35 per 12 fluid ounces. Strong Dark Milds. Um, so this is actually listed as a Scotch Ale. Uh, the description is malty, smooth, and dark. Um, what does the BJCP say a Scotch Ale should be? All right. Category 17C, we heavy. Overall impression, rich, malty, dextrinous, and usually caramel sweet. These beers can give an impression that is suggestive of a dessert. Complex secondary malt and alcohol flavors prevent a one-dimensional quality. Strength and maltiness can vary, but should not be cloying or syrupy. So we're looking for just like rich, heavy, malty, sweet. Appearance in this one, it's fairly dark, especially compared to the last ones we had. Like a dark uh, reddish color. Looks like Coca-Cola. I could see that. It does have some uh, ruby highlights when held to the lamp. Out the window, it's more like a dark maroon. Almost like a cherry Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. Could see that. Or, this is mahogany! Yeah, I could see that, too. Uh, it's kind of like a beige oh. colored head. Yes. Beige head. This very well could be mahogany. Ooh. Very nice aroma. Like rich malts. Some sweetness. Yes. Caramel notes. It's like, it, it is syrupy, but not overly so. This definitely has some some real character to it on the aroma. I like that. I could see how it would be uh, classified as dessert-like. 
I really do kind of think like almost like a Dr. Pepper or Coca-Cola as I smell it. That's the first thing that pops into my head. Not to compare it to those. But Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, food coloring, Sprite. Hold on. I'm actually not getting a whole lot in the aroma. Really? Yeah, it's pretty what, faint. What are you getting? What? Well, what I are mean, you I, getting? I get the, the malty character, but it's real faint. There's just not a lot. Really? Because I smell like a lot of malty character. Like toasted, toasted notes. Roasted, yeah. toasted. Rich, rich came across my mind. I mean, the flavor is rich, but in the aroma, I'm not picking anything up. I agree, Jeremy. Uh, I agree with those. Flavor is kind of grainy, but um, also has a mixture of some dark malts. It's... Uh, yeah, it's kind of like it, it, before you start brewing, if you taste your your grains before you pitch them in, it does have that same kind of taste quality. I get some uh, some caramel notes, a little bit of sweetness. I mean, it's got a, a pretty soft mouthfeel, mm-hmm. you know, nice and, and medium full-bodied maybe. Um, malt character is, is definitely there, like a toasted bread crust. Maybe um, it's not overly sweet. It's got a little bit of sweetness to it. I could be pressed to think there's a little bit of kind of dark chocolate note in there. Yeah, I taste um, that. I think for for a Scotch ale, this is very approachable. The first sip I took, I picked up a little bit of smoky character. Hmm. Um, but that that kind of I could see that. faded over time like a what, little bit. What kind of smoky? Like meat smoky or no? Just like, like like a peated. I mean, it's a Scotch ale. You're going to get it if it's brewed to you know historical accuracy. Then right. you're going to get some right. peated character. Mm-hmm. However, the guidelines do specifically say not to add peat. <laughs> right. Um, because if you do, I got in a huge argument with somebody at the. Um, the BJCP class that Travis and I took about this because he was very adamant that you should never get any kind of peated character out of a uh, a homebrew scotch ale. And you should never add smoked malt or peated malt or anything. I was like, well, yes, I agree with you, but there should be a peated character if you're brewing it correctly because the peated character comes from the source water, and it says that in the guidelines. That so, guy would say, you know, this is maroon, and Chris would yell back, this is mahogany! And it was just really bad. It, w- it would devolve from there. Oh, no. I stopped talking to the guys, like, I'm not going to argue with you. Like, I I know I'm right. I read the guidelines. This is what it said. Yep. Like, we're looking at the guidelines right here. I can show you. And he showed up the next week with, like, pages and pages of internet research about uh, whiskey and scotch. And I was like, that's not even what we were talking about. Yeah, this is beer. But anyway. Um, <laughs> and then he opened a brewery in Fort Worth. Well, good for him. What what brewery? Can't say. Moving on. Anyway, um, so yes, there should, there can be uh, a a smoky, peated character, uh, but smoked malt isn't appropriate. That's what the guidelines say. Yeah. So as far as uh, characteristic ingredients in this category, uh, well modified pale malt and roasted barley for color may use some crystal malt for color adjustment. Slight smoke character may be present in some versions, but derives from roasted grains or from the boil. Peated malt is absolutely not traditional. Yep. 
Absolutely not. Yeah, so it's pretty clear. Historically, the water that they would brew from came from the streams, and there was moss on the rocks. There was mm-hmm. peat moss. They also used the peat moss to cook their grain. They would burn the peat moss, and you got some of that character in the grain. Really? That's where that smoky note came from, historically speaking. Nowadays, that's not really something that you do, especially as a home brewer. I mean, if you want, oh, I want a really smoky beer, then yeah, you can add peat malt or smoked malt or something to it to to get that character. That's fine. For this style, that's not correct. Unless it Hmm. came from the source water that you brewed with, then it's historically accurate and is therefore correct. Not to justify anything, but the the water that we have up in the Black Hills tends to be a little more earthy. Um, Even if you run it through like a Brita water filter, if you you go to a tap, run it through a Brita water filter, or any type of water filter for that matter, um, like that crystal crisp clean water that you get from like maybe Colorado or even parts of like the Appalachian. We don't really get that. <laughs> right. um, not to, not to, not to degrade the water in South America. Uh, in, wow. South Dakota. <laughs> wow. <laughs> not to degrade the water in, in South Dakota, but uh, well, really it, it not, definitely not, not to degrade the water in South America either. Or Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anywhere, 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 you know? Um, but yeah, it, I mean, we do have more traces a little bit, I would say a little bit higher levels of like um, uh, sulfur a little bit. Okay. You can, you, there are hints of it and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know if they, right. they filtered the water before actually utilizing it or if it was just straight tap and figured it would boil over. And I'm just tossing that out there. That's literally all I'm doing. I am still burping passion fruit. <laughs> and we're like two beers beyond. Two beers that. later. Wow. So the whole conversation stemmed from because I picked up a little bit of smoke character in the beer, which is fine. I can I'm okay get with that. that. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's there. I yeah, get it too. I get it. And it's fine. I'm not upset about it. I'm just, you know, and especially for a Scotch ale, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, and you know, like Travis read in the guidelines, it can come from the boil. Yeah, if you actually, and this isn't just a Scotch ale thing, but all Scottish beers, there's some kettle caramelization as part of the brew process mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can get the same kind of smoky because you're not really burning your malt but you're caramelizing it so it right. adds a sweetness and a, and a richness to it but you can also get some of that smoked uh, character from it so they could have done that too I don't know um, the very Leader first Maverick wrong. Mash smoking <laughs> the very first Maverick Mash we did Scottish Ale what is it um, was it the 70 or the 80 shilling one of those. That's not really how they do the guidelines anymore. But anyway. Um, oh, we picked just the overall category. Oh, we did? And then some people did the heavy. Right. Some people yeah, did that's the right. 70. That's right. Um, but th- I actually tried the kettle caramelization, and it came out pretty good. I've never done it since then, but I definitely noticed a difference in the beer. So mm-hmm. Like a smokiness or a richness. Well, it's, yeah, the richness. and It's like when you're eating caramel candy. Right, like it's actual right. caramelized sugar, and it's yeah. not caramel flavoring. Like mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there's a difference. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it definitely makes a difference in the the end product too. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they did something similar to that because I definitely pick up some of those characters. I like it. I like scotch personally, and peatiness is cool with me. And 
Yeah, it, it is. It is a lot. Uh, a nice little note that I taste in mm-hmm. this one, and like you said, it's not like super heavy. They probably didn't like like force that smoky note into this beer. Right. It is just a nice little like and note that comes. From it. You know, the more it warms up, the more caramely, multi richness I'm picking up. Yeah. Too. Yep. Yeah. I feel like this kind of beer is one that needs to be drank at, at, a, at a higher yeah. temperature. You know, like maybe not like... High 50s maybe. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that too. Well, Sakara, I just got the Dr. Pepper note. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. What's the ABV on this one? I'd... 8 point something? 8.2. And, you know, it. I get a little bit of alcohol warmth. Yeah, a little heat. Yeah, it's pretty subdued. Yeah, yeah. it is crazy. Subdued, I was gonna say I'm not picking up <clears throat> any kind of. I mean, it might be warming going down, but I'm not picking up any alcohol. Yeah, it's not crazy. I wonder if you if you drink it more towards room temperature, if that would be enhanced a lot more as well. Usually, and I think it would be. Yeah, uh, these are still fairly cold, so they're still fairly cold. So I, I think it's pretty subdued personally, but. Um, let it sit and get more closer to room temperature. I think that that uh, the heat will be a lot more present. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if our beer is sitting at you know high fifties already, just because it's kind of warm in here. But and we've had it out for several minutes. Um, but as it warms, I am getting a little bit more warmth out of the alcohol. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's over the top. No, not at all. So I know that a lot of uh, like German beers, you're actually not supposed to be chilled at all. You yeah, know, they're supposed to be literally like room temperature. You're drinking warm beer, uh, which traditionally here in the states we like our beer to be cold. Is a Scotch L one of those type of beers that should be more warm, or is it just one that warm or cold? Go for it. Well, I I would say more English styles that are cask served are more or less you know it's not room temperature it's cellar temperature which is usually you know mid to high 50s not the you know 28 degrees that people like to say that they serve beer at it's cold as the rockies yeah not 109 (laughs) degrees like it's in texas right i mean it's room temperature in the european areas it's gonna yeah it's gonna be like 50s or 60s so that's kind of misleading room temperature. Nobody wants to drink a beer that's, you know, 75 degrees. Yeah. Like, that's just gross. Yeah. But room temperature, cellar temperature, cask, you know, being served from degrees. A, a beer engine. Yeah, yeah. 50 degrees would be would be just fine. And a lot of your English-style cask-conditioned beers, uh, Scottish beers, yeah, they, they can be served warmer to bring out some of those flavors. But, um, yeah, this would definitely do well. Like we mentioned before, at, yeah. at a high 50s. 50 to 55, I think this would be solid. Yeah. So not to hijack it by any means, but the reason why I really enjoyed this particular beer so much is because there, to me, there is a pretty good balance of malt uh, in there. It is a little on the sweet side, um, more of like the caramelized caramelization, almost not so much a burnt caramel. But on the brink of being burnt. Yeah. Um, Toasted. Yeah. And I I mean. But not roasted. Yeah. Not roasted. Exactly. Yeah. And I I would actually take it a little bit further, closer to the roasted, but not toasted. Um, It's definitely toasted, but not quite roasted. Um, It's right there on that bubble. 
Yeah. yeah. It's teeter-tottering. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. And, um, you know, and I feel like there, there is a slight complexity to it um, because I am able to somewhat pick up a little, uh, like, almost toffee notes, I guess, hmm. um, in the very beginning. But then through the drinking experience, uh, it definitely hits more the caramel and yeah, the, the, definitely the toasted, um, you know, putting your, putting your toaster on maybe like a three or four out of five versus, a you know, <laughs> five. Yeah. Five. Um, and th- so this is a little bit higher alcohol content as well. Um, with it being at 8.2, but for me, you don't really pick it up all that much. Um, you do pick up some heat, but I think it's one of those where, um, a couple of seconds later after you've drank it, um, you, you definitely pick up more heat than through the drinking experience. For me, it's more balanced, um, in those aspects. So to kind of segue, that doesn't mean that it's really easy to pound, (laughs) but, uh, for me to pound it, I'd probably give it maybe a six a five five and a half six right in there so what what is it the uh the bang ability uh pound ability <laughs> uh i'd probably go down like a three or a four whoa just because it is you know thick and malty and rich and you know high alcohol i i would get halfway through a glass and just feel sick to my stomach Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sick to my stomach, but I definitely agree that it's like a four. Well, I mean, um, if I were to pound it, I would be sick to my stomach. Yeah, I, I could. Okay, yeah. But um, drinking it right now, sitting here sipping it, I think it's fantastic. I, I think it's a great beer. Yeah, it is. Not want to pound it. Don't want to pound this. This is a sipping beer. Like you were saying, it's very <laughs> rich. Yeah. Um, and so that, that kind of lends it to be a less poundable beer. So, yeah, four for me. I'm gonna go against the grain. I don't think it's as rich as it should be. I think it's it's a little thinner than what I've had in other wee heavies in uh, in previous times. And I'm gonna say this is at least a six for me. It still has a lot of the the heavy flavors like you're looking for out of a wee heavy, but it's not so rich that I don't think I could pound it easier than. I'm going to redact my statement of four, and I'm going to go back to five, actually. Go up to five. Oh. I just pounded the rest of it, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, but, but it is got, smooth. But see, Travis, I, I agree with you, because I was going to say when we got to the BJCP part that it's not as rich and as complex that I would hope for it to be. Yeah, because I, I, I've i done a, a Scotch Ale before that's been really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have. I don't remember. But I did the uh, the Carillion Ale a few years ago, and I really liked that one. and turned out well. I have not done a scotch. I've done the back-to-school scotch. I did that yeah. at least twice. Back-to-school scotch. <laughs> I'd brew it like the day before school started. I did it a few years. So I have some experience with scotch ales. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a little too thin. Yeah. Comparatively speaking. Yeah, like I said, you know, it, it, it does leave a little to be desired as far as the richness in the body and um so you know that's that's part of the like like i said the the poundability thing it still is rich 
and yeah. sweet. And yes. So I couldn't pound it. Okay. But it still lacks a little of what I would think a Scotch ale um, would need to be competitive. I think it's great. It, it tastes good. I think it's very approachable for a high alcohol Scotch ale. I think it's very well done. Being entered into a homebrew competition compared to some other Scotch ales probably would not do as well. Mm. But for sitting down at a bar and ordering a Scotch ale, I think it's just fine. I'm going to redact Jeremy's statement and go back to a five. Because every time I, every time I burp, I taste uh, passion fruit. Oh my god, that, that makes it a little hard to pound. Yeah. So we're sitting at fives. Yeah, powers. I was going to say four point five. All right. Yep. Pretty much all the same reasons you gave. Fair enough. Yep. I mean, I don't have anything to add to this conversation. <laughs> it's a good beer, though. I like it. It is. Yeah. It is very tasty. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and it hides that eight point two very well. It really does. It's, um, but as a, as going up against other Scotch ales, like we talked about, maybe. So, what would your BJCP number be, Travis? Um, probably a thirty-three. Oh, dang it. I was thinking like 32. Yeah. So we're right there. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, li- I like to be validated by Travis. Oh. <laughs> and I haven't been disappointed by any beer we've had today. No. So that, by any that means. says a lot for the brewing company. <sighs> I was a little disappointed with the common. But I was the only one in the room. So I'm clearly the minority there. That's true. I'd say the only one. I mean, I kind of disagree with that statement. <laughs> well, I'm. Just talking about beer, but oh, cool. my bad. Cool, if you want to. Anyway, oh my. God. Anyway. I was gonna say like the only one that I haven't liked so like I haven't liked so far has been the Sodank. So yeah, all the rest of them I've been pretty pretty happy with. We do have Good. one more that Ooh. I know is fantastic because I've had it before. Oh uh, So let's uh, let's get into that one. All right, let's do it. So the last beer, what do we go? Smoke. All right. So Not this- now, John. Smoke wagon. So this last one, um, I actually brought back for C-Dub because uh, he's a really big fan of coffee stouts. Um, this is called the Smoke Wagon. The ABV rating on this is six. Um, and it's more of a uh, coffee stout is exactly what it is. So should be fun. Uh, it's The characteristics description is dark, roasty, Roasty coffee, dark roasty coffee. Mm. That's what we should be looking for. The IBU rating is fifty-four. The ABV huh. is six per twelve fluid ounces. So, again, mm. the smoke wagon. Wagon. Wow. Smoke wagon. <laughs> smoke wagon. Smoke wagon. No, the smoke wagon. Full volume. <laughs> Silly wagon. <laughs> The smoke wagon for kids. from uh, Lost Cabin. So the uh, the color is very dark. Yeah, uh, I do get some ruby highlights through it though when held up to the light, so it, it looks very clear, um, but extremely dark. Nice nice big uh, off white head. Let's drink it. I mean, smell it. I mean, look at it. <laughs> smells like. <laughs> Thank Let's you, Sawyer. Do all of the above, Sawyer. It smells like coffee to me. Yeah. It Actually, they, holy crap! Yeah. They claim <laughs> roasted coffee. I'm sorry. It yeah, it, it, it just is. smells like straight coffee to me. This is say, very like, reminiscent of my coffee porter. That is a cup of black coffee. Yeah. 
when you're super hungover from the night before and you're at Denny's or wherever. <laughs> Waffle House. And then you just want to order something. Waffle House. And it's black coffee and that's all you get. Yeah, this is that. And I as love it. Black as Satan's uh-huh. heart. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. It, it, this is like a, a morning at, gra- at grand, Grandpa's house. This is Grandy's. Yes. Aroma is. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's just straight up coffee. And you taste it. It's just straight up coffee. Like, there's. <laughs> so, I, I apologize. So, according to the BJCP, what is a stout? Depends. That's a good question. What uh, what kind of stout do you think it is? I mean, did they say anything about lots of different kinds what, of stouts? What kind of American stout? stouts and foreign stouts and Irish stouts and is that a foreign? This just foreign says stout? coffee stout. Is there imperial stouts? I would probably I'm, I'm guess that this would be some kind of uh, American <laughs> stout because it's not American. It's not like overly creamy and rich and full bodied and actually tasting this. Kind of more of a porter for me, mouthfeel wise. But I'm, it's too roasty for porter. I know. But I said. I said mouthfeel wise, it's a little thinner than you would expect a, a you know big stout to be. Yeah, it's pretty smooth for because a, a stout is is it more of a full body feel? Yes. Yes. It's supposed to be kind of thicker, and like yeah. It's... So Untapped has this as an Irish dry stout. Ooh, so that would be like a Murphy's or a Guinness, which is a very light bodied. Yeah, but hmm. still dark in flavor and roasty. That makes sense. Because yeah, like a, a Murphy's is a four percent beer, even though it's really black and yeah. you got like the nitro head. Right. So regular Irish huh. stout versus Irish extra stout. So Irish stout would be fifteen B. Overall impression says a black beer with a pronounced roasted flavor, often similar to coffee. The it's balance black. can range from fairly even to quite bitter with the more balanced versions having a little more multi sweetness and the bitter versions being quite dry. Uh, draft versions typically are creamy from a nitro pour, but bottled versions will not have this dispense-derived character. The roasted flavor can be dry and coffee-like to somewhat chocolatey. Why has it got to be black? Because mm. it is. Okay. <laughs> Just trying to get uh, sorry, chocolate. appearance is jet black. Oh. Jet black. Black, like oh, it's not jet black. Well, that was a range. It starts with uh, jet black to very deep brown with a garnet highlights in color. I'd, I'd say, say it's there. there. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Jinx, y'all both owe me a beer. Ah, dang it! Uh, <laughs> liberal amounts of coffee whole. Oh wow! Now it also Ooh. says whole. opaque, a thick, creamy, long-lasting tan to brown-colored head is characteristic when served on nitro. But don't expect the tight, creamy head on a bottled beer. I get the garnet notes. It's clear. Yeah. I mean, it was one of the first things I said is I, I pick up some ruby highlights yeah. on it. But I'd actually be pretty excited to taste this on nitro. That'd probably be pretty good. Yeah. I feel like that would change the mouthfeel and just just the overall body of this beer oh, we don't, so much. I know they do not have it on nitro. Really? Um, they don't. We Well, they don't have any beers on nitro. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, I mean, it's, not a, bad it's, a, it's a smaller. It's right. A, I know. Um, no, it's just <laughs> but yeah, so I that would be pretty exciting to to try it out on Nitro. So those Lost Cabin guys who are possibly listening. Put it on Nitro. <laughs> wink, wink. Do it. 
Get some nitrous beer gas. And thank now. you so much for your beers. Yeah, technically it's beer gas. Beer gas. It's not pure nitrogen. Okay. Anyway, well, anyway, still, <laughs> I've thought about having a tap on beer gas. Do it. I might. Why not? Later. It's there's a whole other process involved with that, and an extra canister of air and and everything. But master the surge pour. So, <laughs> so what are you tasting, Jeremy? I believe in you. Um, <laughs> man, uh, this is super toasty, uh, super hard roasted malt. Um, the longer it sits on my palate, like like Chris was saying, this is straight up like coffee. Like mm-hmm. uh, it, it's definitely like it just. Like I was sitting at Waffle House or IHOP and had had some coffee and and this is what they Cold gave coffee. me. Cold coffee. Cold brew Waffle House coffee. <laughs> Do it, Waffle House. Yes. <laughs> I would want this on a November night sitting by a campfire. And I could dig it. <laughs> like this would be the one that I'd be sipping on. Really? Yes. Versus like a relish or a you know what? Like some, like just something kind of roasted. It's not smoky or anything, but it's like you know, it's just good to have. Like it's you know, because if it if it's November, it's kind of like cooler, not you know, god awful one hundred nine degrees or something. This would be a great breakfast beer too. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say keep it on tap all the time. It's breakfast beer or a nightcap. Yeah, like I think that I mean, this I've would be real some. good. <laughs> to just kind of round out my mm. night and just yeah. kind of hang out and, and, and sip on, really. Mm-hmm. It's not a not a pounded beer, not a. Not, I mean, it's just a coffee beer. Unless you like coffee, sipping beer. <laughs> However, I get a light. Wait, what? <laughs> That's a drop. Play that again. What? However. <laughs> burped you did you just didn't look away from the microphone like tazon day did (laughs) chocolate rain i don't remember that one anyway sorry i get that like (laughs) segueing into chocolate i you know it's kind of like the bitter 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 chocolate it's there baker's chocolate yeah baker's chocolate it's not it's not semi-sweet chocolate sweet chocolate it's definitely, you know, with the coffee, the the super roasted mm. notes. It's definitely mm. a chocolatey, it's good. like bitter chocolate. No, it's fantastic. I think, it is. I think this is another one that I would be curious to try more towards room temperature as well. Yeah. Well, you could have if you didn't pound it first. It's going. <laughs> I well, mean, yours is going too. How quick. I pound it? Yes, I enjoyed it. I've been warming up my sweet. glass with my hands just to. Mm. Just to see the differences. Yeah, I mean, the poundability on this one would not be very high just because it is so roasty and, and coffee and. But it is thin bodied, though. Rating on the uh, super pills. I'm sorry, what? I'd say medium, I'd say medium light. Hmm. I'd say medium body. I mean, it's definitely not full bodied. Um, Compared but to I would most say, stouts, though. I would say medium. Um,. Have you ever pounded a coffee before? Yes. Not a hot coffee. Yeah, like when it gets cold, you're like, oh. Yeah, it's like, okay, I got to finish this. Or I need the energy. It, so, yeah, so I just drink it. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to that. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, poundability, I would say five. 
very middle of the road. I could pound it if I had to. I probably wouldn't ed- enjoy it as much. I'd be pretty close. I would go with a five and a oh. five and a half six. So I'll say five point eight. It's very specific. <laughs> this is a sipping beer. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. And because of that, I would say it's a five as well. It's just it. It's coffee. It's roasty. It's bitter. It's it's all there, and you wouldn't want to pound that. Yeah. And these are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> so then what would you give it, Powers? Oh, no, I mean, it's a five. <laughs> it's Jeremy? It's a five, man. It is a complete middle-of-the-road, like, you want to drink this, it's a very delicious beer, but you want to savor it because just there's a lot to it, and it's hard to, you know, just pound mm-hmm. it. So. so then Chris, as a judge, uh, how would you rate it? Mm. Okay, so here's here's an interesting thing though because um, usually when and and Travis, tell me if I'm completely off base here. Usually, whenever somebody brews something with coffee, they'll say what kind of coffee. Hmm. Like okay. how many times, like we've been judging something and it says Jamaican cold brewed coffee or you know something like that. Not to say that that really changes anything, but. The coffee that they claim usually is very strong because they want it to be, and that's where this is. I would I would give this anywhere between a thirty nine to a forty three if they claimed you know coffee specifically, which obviously they do. And a base style of uh, Irish stout. Yeah, I mean they just said stout, so obviously I'd want more information. They'd have to put a, a number down. But it would it would be very high. Uh, the coffee is very strong. I don't pick up a whole lot of the stout character. Um, the coffee is kind of overpowering. So if there were a negative thing, that would be it. There's not a, a a good harmonious marriage. Just one of the reasons I don't really like my porter that I have on tap because so it's the, just coffee. I don't taste porter. So even though they claim it to be a coffee stout, because it's still a stout, it needs to be still balanced. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I'm just tasting coffee. It's like drinking a a glass of cold brew coffee. I don't pick up any stout character. There's no chocolate. There's no um, uh, roast other than what's inherently in the coffee. So I would still rate it high. Like I said, it'd still be between a a 37 and a 43, which is very good. Mm -hmm. But if I had to pick something about it, I would say there's not enough of the stout character. Actually, Powers rated this the highest out of everyone. Spaghetti. Oh. (laughs) You know what I love is in our group chat, every once in a while, we'll send pictures of uh, us eating spaghetti. (laughs) Just to give us a laugh. But Powers. Yes. How do you feel about it? I like it. It's a good beer. Yeah. I do like it. Like I said, this is a... This is a solid coffee beer. Coffee. coffee. So what would your BJCP rating be, Travis? Oh, that's right. God. If, if I could do this beer personally, um, I'd probably have to buy it dinner the next day. But I would also... Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> the next day? I, I would also keep it on tap I all like the time. It. Because I, I, I like... 
I like this in a coffee beer. And right. that's, that is against what the guidelines say, that you should have a harmonious balance. I don't want that. Out of a coffee beer, I want all coffee and no beer. I basically just want coffee on tap. And that's what this gives you. <laughs> However, this one um, has too much of a, of a coffee balance. It's, it's yeah. way too much on that side. Yeah. It's like the so basically equivalent to the, the, the passion fruit beer that we had earlier. Except coffee. Yeah. <clears throat> Just so too heavy. In no it. one can, can claim that Lost Cabin doesn't do things uh, half... Hazardly? Half butt. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> half hazardly. Because, yeah. yeah, we didn't check the explicit box. Um, but you agree there's it, there's too much coffee for the stout. As far as BJCP goes. Per BJCP, yes. Yeah. Per put it in my glass and me drink it. No, give me more. I, I love this. This is... yeah. Awesome. I would easily drink five gallons of this on tap at my home brewery anytime. Okay, so quit beating around the bush. What's your rating? I'd give it a safe middle-of-the-road rating of 34. Okay, that's fair. And I would feel dirty about it. I have to go home and take a shower <laughs> because it, well, I mean, it deserves I, better. Like I said, my range started at 37, so you could... You could, you know, they could talk you up probably a little bit. And yeah. We'd feel better about it. I would certainly go up. Yeah. So then, uh, kind of based off of everything that we've had today. Say if you, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, so based off of everything that we've had today, taking in all the considerations, all the different styles of beer that we've experienced, how would you rate Lost Cabin? as just a general brewery oh above average easily yeah, I'd they're say very good pretty solid awesome yeah. yeah nothing we talked about today was below like a 33 fan freaking tastic and we had six of their beers so that says a lot yeah. <clears throat> yeah yeah i'd say they were very good i think at most at most any of us didn't like one of their beers and that's just comes down to personal taste yeah um so if i had like a five out of six hit rate with these beers which i did like yeah i'm it's pretty solid. i'm a fan yeah most all the beers i loved and um i i definitely recommend this to friends who are in the midwest mm-hmm. or just you know in general it's a really good brewery so and with that would you go out for your way to check them out absolutely i'd say it's eh, how far out of the way I'd say two out of the six <laughs> beers were exceptional. Possibly, you could possibly talk me into three. Um, the saison was exceptional. Mm-hmm. I really liked that one. Yeah, that was I good thought one. that the I thought the coffee beer was also exceptional. Right. Um, you could talk me into the Scotch ale, but I mean that would come down to personal preference. But I thought that those two, as far as what's advertised and what you're what you're actually getting in your glass, yeah, glass, great. Yes, Passion no. for you. Any other ones? <laughs> oh. Okay, so I think, you know, obviously for me, my favorite was Saison. Hands down. Every day of the week. Favorite beer that we had today. Mm-hmm. Powers? Saison. You had to pick yeah. one. Saison. Jeremy? It's hard because I'm torn between, I know it's crazy, but the passion fruit beer, even though it was overpowered. And then... I- I, li- I like that. I one liked a lot, it too. a yeah. lot. That was just probably very, very it, high up for me. It's unique, and um, and then the first one we had, 
Um, the, the common. common. Yeah, the common. So, um, man, I think because the passion fruit was just a little too overpowering, uh, I'd say the common was probably my favorite. <laughs> wow. I know. I know. I know. Right? That's fair. Travis? Give me coffee any day of the week. Screw <laughs> <laughs> BJCP. I want coffee in my glass all the time. Why are you not this positive about my coffee beer? It's straight up coffee. I Aww. am. And I try to drink at least one glass every time I come over. You don't rave about it like you do this one. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like. Did you hear that insecurity? It was kind of cute. (laughs) Sarkar, favorite beer? Oh, I'm gonna have to go with the (laughs) Sodank. No, JK, no, no, he's I'm messing kidding. with no. us. No, <laughs> the IPA, I doubt it. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I really do love the Lord Grizzly. I think the Scotch Ale, um, it, it's high, it's high alcohol content. Is Man to me, purpose. it's it's balanced. Yeah, <laughs> it gets the job done. You know, we're we're able to keep going uh, after drinking it as well. The coffee stout is <laughs> extremely good as well. Um, I mean, it, it pretty much uh, the Dakota. Com- uh, for me, the Lord Grizzly would be number one, um, and then we'll kind of work our way back from there. Malt mm-hmm. to IPA, malt to hop, um, for my taste. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it sounds like based off of you know what y'all are saying about because we only had six mm-hmm. of the twelve beers. And y'all like four, at least four of the six, which would be a fourth of them all. You know, yeah, that was a big a spread. Third to third, a fourth, yeah, a third to a fourth of them all. So, hey, sure. yeah, I'm sure they'd be Pretty happy solid. to hear that. You know, so well, they should listen to the episode. They should. <laughs> I'm gonna get a hold of them through Snapchat. Well, so, you know, good thing we have a an in somebody that lives up there that visits them <laughs> That's quite true. regularly. That's they could true. share our information with right. them, but you know, just. Tossing yeah. that out there, but so anyway. moral of the story is: if you're ever in the Black Hills area, Rapid City more specifically, stop by Lost Cabin. Yeah, I mean, people go up there to to see Mount Rushmore all the time, and mm-hmm. that's what you said: thirty minutes from less than less yeah. than thirty minutes. So wow. if you're up there seeing Mount Rushmore and you want to have some good beer, heck yeah, go check out Lost Cabin. Going up to the Sturgis <laughs> Rally. Sturgis is about... Oh, I've heard that's a fun one, too. Sturgis is about less than 20 minutes. Yeah, Uh, I've heard that, too. (laughs) Two minutes in August. I've been wanting to go for a long time, but, you know, kind of busy. Yeah. Oh, August? No. (laughs) What do you have going on? I have nothing going on So Sturgis is is less than 20 minutes north of Rapid. Um, Okay. You know, and uh, for the 75th anniversary, they were just under a million people uh, in the area. I think it was oh like seven hundred and fifty or so. Where do so. they all stay? Everywhere. Tents. Everywhere. <laughs> like they literally just anywhere sleep within like in two hours. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, so <laughs> definitely check out. In my opinion, definitely check out Lost Cabin. They, they, to me, they're they're my favorite brewery around town. Um, and on a plus side, if you uh, would like to check out other breweries, there are some other breweries there as well. Pretty good. You know, there's Dakota Point. There's Miners. There's Sick and Twisted. Uh, there's Hay Camp, uh, just to name a few right off the top of my head. So hmm. uh, within literally like, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes of Rapid City itself, which is the biggest city on the western side uh, of the state, um, you'd be able to hit... About six or seven different 
different breweries and so on and so forth and if you have your wives or ladies with you there there are a couple of breweries that are right beside wineries as well um mm. so it kind of works out you know awesome nice yeah. thing is anna's uh I've, I've converted anna to a bit of a beer girl anyway so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's all awesome. right well, thanks for bringing all those beers uh, down here for us. Oh, really yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's Thank awesome. you all for partaking with me. Absolutely. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us this episode where we talked about Lost Cabin from South Dakota. Join us next week whenever we visit beers. Wow. Join us next week whenever we taste some beers from other states. Colorado. Did we say Colorado or yeah, California? Chicago. It's Illinois. Colorado. Colorado. Uh, Colorado. Colorado. Texas. We said Colorado, yes. Okay. <laughs> Pack, Colorado. Come on, man. Join us next week whenever we have some beers from Colorado. Cheers until then. <laughs>